What you listening to, son? Howdy, y'all, and welcome to Talking of the Hill, where the Queen of Hearts isn't very smart. I'm your host, the rat herring your tuna, Bob Mackey, and this is the Talking Simpsons Network's chronological exploration of King of the Hill, who is here with me today, as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and it's like watching a TV, only the show is about wet clothes. And this month's episode is all about Hank's dirty laundry. This week's episode, or this month's episode, originally aired on March 1st, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. This is Hank Hill with the news. Bobby! Dark City debuts in theaters while Titanic reigns, the video game Burning Rangers hits the Sega Saturn, and My Heart Will Go On is number one on the Billboard charts. So, so yeah. still, was uh, the previous uh, December or November was Titanic, correct? It's, uh, it debuted at the end of November, and here, uh, four months later, it is still very much the number one movie. Like, all these... Uh, even big movies that are like, oh yeah, uh, Wedding Singer is number two. It's essentially, it is number one, except Titanic just won't go away, hmm. and it's still number one. Have not seen Titanic yet. Uh, Have not seen Dark City yet. <laughs> Whoa. And we were just talking about Roger Ebert before uh, the recording, and that actually was one of his favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of, one of, I believe, two commentaries he recorded. One was for Citizen Kane, one was for Dark City, and they used those uh, commentaries to build his voice that's right. when he lost his voice. Yeah, his computer voice generator, man. Uh, that's uh, yeah. That uh, his interest in it is what got me to watch Dark City later. I didn't watch it when it was new, and it is. I I think too. It also got a new lease on life after the Matrix came out because it is kind of Matrixy about a year before the Matrix came out, and I believe some of the matrix was filmed on dark city sets like they just kept the sets up and and filmed there i think the rooftops in the matrix are from dark city but a uh, not to spoil dark city <laughs> similar kind of uh, thing as the yeah. matrix as well and people said uh, uh anti-matrix folks were saying it was a ripoff of dark city but dark mm-hmm. city uh, nobody really saw it <laughs> it was kind of a flop i'm seeing it just it just made its budget back and that's it but i think it's gone on to become a cult favorites you know it really helped the wachowski sisters that a lot of people had not seen a lot of the uh the source material of the matrix the, the inspiration yeah. Yeah, inspirations for I, the matrix a lots of every creator takes inspiration uh, from lots of things and i will at least uh, at least from the anime side of things the wachowski sisters did pay it back that's to good. some degree with the animatrix stuff i'd say i was thinking so. it was a glorious time for filmmakers until maybe around 2004 because you could just steal anything from an anime and <laughs> yes. say well no one's gonna see this yeah and uh, satoshi Kon was pretty mad about uh Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, there were some, uh, you know, inspirations from that movie as well. Mm-hmm. I think a scene from Perfect Blue was just in that movie. Well, I have brand new opinions on that because okay. I did watch the French documentary on the life of Satoshi Kon called The Illusionist. It uh, came out last year. Really, really great. They talked to almost everybody I'd want them to talk to of his. They don't talk to his widow. And they don't talk to Katsuro Otomo, and they don't talk to Susumu Hirasawa, but they talk to a ton of other people, and that also includes Darren Aronofsky, and that is the one, everything else I love in it, but when they talk to him, I 
don't want to call him a liar, but I do not believe when he says like, oh, you know, I think I like met him and asked him if it'd be cool if I could do this. And he uh, thought it was cool. And he said he liked it. And I actually met him before I filmed Requiem for Dream and all this stuff. I was like, no, that (laughs) doesn't sound right. I think because I what is not said in the movie because i don't think the movie wants to call the one of the most famous people who spoke in the documentary a liar but satoshi Kone was very clear in some of his blogs posts that were in japanese they they weren't in english so not everybody knows them but he was very clear of like no this hurt my feelings this guy yeah this guy stole my scene from the movie which i storyboarded myself and he just took it i mean uh not to go on too long about this but darren aronofsky he's not like michael bay popular but he is successful stoshi yeah. cone never successful never successful critically acclaimed but none of his movies ever made money yeah it's, uh, it's to the a- point where his like his his uh you know posthumous work will never be made because it's like well we can't make any money from this so why bother uh yeah it's a it's kind of the uh very heartbreaking ending of that documentary the uh which I was glad I saw it. It didn't correct anything. There was nothing after I watched it where I said, boy, I wish I knew this when we did our Millennium Actress podcast because I think I knew pretty much everything that was in that documentary. But there were some cool new interviews in it. We're having some high culture discussion in an episode about uh, low culture (laughs) arts. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that Burning Rangers on Sega Saturn that was a whifferoo from Yuji Naka and one of uh, not his last. Never, uh, never played it. Although I did play the Burning Rangers song on Samba de Amigo. Ha, that's funny. Uh, and it was like what? It was like firefighters that were like Sentai, yeah, like Power yeah. Ranger kind of people. Yes, it was a Sentai meets firefighters type deal. And it was on the Knight's engine. Mm. And you played it because it was, well, because what else were you going to play on the Sega Saturn? What else and, were you going to play in 1998? Uh, and, and also, it was like, you know, the Sonic team made a new game, and you were just waiting for them to do Sonic. <laughs> they, were, the, they refused to make another Sonic <laughs> game <laughs> until know, their the, demands are met. Uh, on the Dreamcast, they finally would the next year. But yeah, that Burning Rangers game... Uh, you know, the Saturn does its best to make fire appear, Ooh. but it doesn't really do a great job. It, it, it's barely holding together in yeah. that game. Yes. Uh, but yes, this episode, Hank's Dirty Laundry. Let's talk about the director first. We have a oh, new yeah. director, and that is Sean Cashman. So this is a, a, a fairly common story on this show. He's another one of those Simpsons guys who would have graduated to director if he had stayed on The Simpsons. Uh, okay, another of the, like, Wes Archer knows the best artists or a lot of good artists he worked with on The Simpsons and said, you're ready to direct something. Come yeah. over here or you're sick of drawing these yellow people uh so uh, probably uh getting later animatic rewrites than you do on king of the hill i bet i wonder which uh well i guess it'd be probably hard for wes archer to answer like which was harder to work on or had more demanding be- uh, producers mm. who make changes late simpsons or or, or i, I bet hill. it was simpsons because mike judge and greg daniels the showrunners came from an animation background so yeah. they understand how animation works mm-hmm. from the very yeah. beginning of the show and then how would that compare to rick and morty because i i always think back to like our pal ian jones cordy saying like he could not imagine a more design intensive show to work on than Rick and Morty. Well, that's why you get 10 new episodes every 18 months. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Sean Cashman, he started as a character layout artist on The Simpsons with 1993's The Last Temptation of Homer in season five. And uh, towards the end of his tenure there, he was assistant director on episodes in seasons eight, nine, and 10. So if he had stayed on, he probably would have been directing in seasons 10, 11, and 12, and, and so on. Oh, sure, sure. But man, so then that must have 
Did, was he one of the Simpson returners, or did he uh, stay on a different path? He never returned to the Simpsons. Wow. So uh, he jumped right into King of the Hill, late second season, just became a director. He did not do anything before that on King of the Hill. And he directed 10 episodes before leaving in season seven of King of the Hill in 2002. Wow, man. See, you know, if you, uh, seems like, seems like at the Simpsons factory, if you leave, you're not always welcome back to return as a, as a director. <laughs> I, I don't think he wanted to go back because mm. he was really into more cartoony stuff after he left. Oh. So it's weird that he was on King of the Hill for so long because the next thing he did was direct a ton of episodes of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Whoa. So a show like the exact opposite in style <laughs> of King of the Hill, both in like the tone of the comedy and the design of the characters like the very flat uh you know gross out characters of that show you know we heard that about the uh the creators of avatar the last airbender who had worked on mission hill they just they got tired of uh even though it had more prestige they got tired of the sitcom style they wanted to get back to more cartooning though in their case more anime style cartooning than than uh, upa style billy and mandy yeah i think he did like cartoony stuff more than king of the hill because other things he worked on are uh things like chowder which is a very cartoony show <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, very overlooked check it out i believe on hbo max and uh randy cunningham ninth grade ninja and uh, sean cashman his most recent role he is a retake director and timing supervisor on big city greens another very cartoony show yeah that's good. about about a southern fried family <laughs> i love that show man yeah i that's also interesting that uh, all these guys you know if they but when they get to that age you don't direct as much your timing director which does seem like a you know a very expertise driven role like you yeah. timing is very important and a, a I think an in-demand skill from older guys like him. I think we overlook it, but yeah, uh, yeah. it is an important role. But well, that's our pal Thad said that timing is directing. Like that, it, that was a thing he had heard from Basically, other directors. Yeah, that's yeah. what it seems like. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know about animation, and most people don't, I don't blame them. There's a lot. There's a lot of things you need to know about to live. <laughs> it's boring, and it's not. Yeah. And you don't even get paid well. Yeah. What do are you it. a timer? What do you yeah. sit by? Sit by a piece of paper with a stopwatch? Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> How do you direct? I. I love on that one commentary where David Silverman is asked by um, Mo, by by the voice of Roger Myers, of just like, what does directing a cartoon do anyway? Yeah. You just tell a cartoon to do stuff, and they Silver tell him to dance around. <laughs> Silverman just goes like, boy, I've I've only had to answer this question a million times in my life. <laughs> do you direct Homer? Just yes. Homer. <laughs> uh, this episode, though, Hank's Dirty Laundry. I think I got the pun uh, for the first time mm -hmm. because. Because, well, no, I understood the meaning. It's like, oh, his dirty laundry is being aired out. Uh, that's what's happening in this episode. But it's literally about he needs to buy a dryer, too. <laughs> so it's one of those, not as complicated as uh, Three Days of the Condo, but it's still a very good pun, I think. Yeah, there's the, the title and, like, two big jokes in this I didn't fully grasp until this podcast viewing of it. I was like, oh, this is, I mean... Uh, this is a consistent message on our King of the Hill podcast, but like this show is smarter than you thought it was. Yeah. Two know? of the best jokes in the series so far, and one of the filthiest jokes, if not the filthiest joke in the show, is in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit of the Beavis and Butthead comes yes. into this. Uh, <laughs> if you thought Hank trying to poop was uh, silly and gross out, wait till you hear what happens next on the show. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, this episode, it really feels like a judge kind of thing, too, because it's like it not only mixes, you know, porno and and it lets him make all the kind of like boy yo yoing type jokes he would do on Beavis and Butthead. But also, it is about the computers have taken over <laughs> and like a fear of bureaucracy and that you lose control of your life as the as this this, you know, 
the matrix takes over i suppose in a way this is the libertarianism i agree with when it comes to mike judge but this episode is made before the patriot act made us all inside a computer yeah and cameras pointed at us no matter where we go so it's a very innocent uh time period for america when you could not just be logged in somewhere or oh, you know like constantly being having your phone ring 30 times a day yeah. telemarketers that will never i think we just can't use our phones anymore that will never end what happens to hank in this is supposed to be like uh an accident or like oh, oh this doesn't normally happen but this is just your life now everyone we didn't listen to hank's warning at the post office later in this episode <laughs> we, we talked about this uh like before recording recently we just you just don't answer your phone anymore nope unless yeah. you know who it's from you just don't pick it up because it will always be mm-hmm. someone talking to you about your car warranty someone trying to get your social security number somebody is always trying to rob and steal from you mm-hmm. using your phone and nothing will be done about it we're the irs and if you don't give us your social security number right now we will arrest you and it will warrant is like yeah or, they're not just preying on old people anymore <laughs> they, you know sometimes when the programming gets me with like a non-english language automated message that's where i'm like hey, you guys should need to fit you should know i don't speak this language if you're watching me yeah. this closely then you should know this is a miss or here. if someone with a very heavy accent uh says they have a white name like oh this is uh jim smith at the uh, irs or whatever i'm not mm-hmm. gonna do the accent by the way yes. but i'm like well you could try a little harder couldn't you like yeah. the, the, you're making yourself look bad in front of me well you know my only yeah my only note on the fear of the you know the the libertarian dread of this is that the machinery to keep track of you d- isn't run that carefully anymore and nobody like nobody's even trying like no like, so. I, I, this is going to be a lot of preamble but it just it, it drives me crazy i'm turning into i'm going to be 40 very soon so i am turning into hank where it's just like yeah your information is just leaked everywhere every year and you are you receive no compensation remember equifax yep yeah they were just ruined by it. All of our passwords are just gone. And probably, they still yeah. exist. They didn't have to pay anyone any money. And it's like, well, instead of giving you money, uh, too many people ask for money. So you're going to get some coverage. Oof, man. Well, thanks I, a lot, guys. Yeah. I Well, and I also, I had a similar thing with a, a online t-shirt company I bought from. Don't worry. It's not the one that we use to sell our t-shirts. They, <laughs> they, they've been good. But this was a different one where I bought a t-shirt. And uh, I then had my credit card stolen, like $3,000 of charges I had to undo. And only two months later did I then get a message like, you know, our credit cards were breached and whoopsie, You might want to spend about two hours every day getting a new card <laughs> and changing everything you uh, have automatic payments on. Yeah, one final thing. We do live in the post-beast world. And I remember <laughs> uh, a, a year ago or two years ago, so we used to be in the games industry. There is this convention called E3. It's the biggest thing of the year. Every games journalist goes there. And one year, whoopsie doodle, all of the uh, <laughs> information about everyone attending was leaked. And these are people that bad people send death threats to mm-hmm, did mm-hmm. e3 still happen yes was anyone given any money to like make up for you know their lives being intruded upon no yeah so this is just what we're living in now people can just steal your information and there is no you get nothing out of it you get yeah. nothing in return it's just like uh sorry uh just spend 20 minutes fixing your entire life if you have time well and i i think this stuff with the beast too that it uh on a reason when we're recording this episode of Chapo Trap House, which we enjoy, they talk about like, this is a point Felix made that was so brilliant about how well, we, you know, information and selling it to people is one of the few things like businesses America has left. Like, yeah. We just have to steal steal your fucking info and sell it to somebody else. That's all we can we, do. We don't make anything and we yeah. haven't for a long time. No oil, no nothing. Yeah. Can't do it. But yeah, yeah th- this, uh, like, that's why I like this episode. Just like, oh, 97, such an innocent <laughs> time. I mean, there were terrible things happening that I was ignorant of, but 
anything post Patriot Act is just like you are. It's it's the post beast world. Yeah, and they can't, and you can't even complain about it because it's after nine eleven. Yeah, know? like yeah, I uh, and uh, also this pre internet era of porno is funny to think about. Like these jokes are ones you can't make anymore because it's not what porno is yeah. anymore. And and also I spent five years working as a video store clerk, uh, four ish, and. I was on the other side of the cash register that Hank experiences uh, here, uh, but I never, I never screwed over somebody like they screw over Hank. That never happens. But I have theories. About okay, that. let's talk more about that when we get to the scene yes. of the video store. And I have theory, I have a bunch of thoughts about uh, the the cusp of internet pornography, like mm-hmm. the the analog to digital changeover in the world of pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the record show this guy knows a lot about his porno. <laughs> uh, kind of. Uh, let's start uh, the episode. It's a careful dance in this episode, to, just like with Bill, to reveal how. How much we do or don't yeah. know about pornography so uh we open on this idyllic spring day uh hank is driving home uh humming <laughs> so, america the beautiful so sweet i love bill's excitement like he wants him to honk like he's a big rig driver and then when he does he's just like <laughs> the, we're, uh, we're, we're at giddy bill and i like it it's not just like flat affect depression bill uh the bill we love came out of a shell in this season and yeah i did this as a kid and annoyed my parents when mm-hmm. you were driving on the highway you just go in the back window and do oh, this it's so fun yeah it's so fun man you don't want to know about the lives of those uh, truck drivers it's just like yeah superhero truck driver i love it actually my sister did it once when her friend was in the back seat and they were little kids and instead of honking the driver showed them porn he pushed porn up against the windshield christ so uh have that kids oh man boy and everybody thought things were nicer back then compared to now no the the world of trucking there's some dark sides to it people (laughs) yeah i I love bill uh laughing giddily he like gives a thumbs up and like gives like a salute (laughs) to hank with his beer (laughs) i also like dale this the story not being told of like dale with a metal detector in his front lawn like what's he looking for he's, what's he think he's there? looking for bugs <laughs> uh peggy is inhaling deeply of the clean laundry uh, she takes it off the line and hank sees peggy waving from the yard but all he can see beyond her is his undergarments his personal <laughs> private undergarments out in public just hanging for the entire neighborhood to know that he wears them he wears them i love that and th- this is called hank's dirty laundry and we start with clean laundry like it's it's airing out but she just washed it the dryer is broken making this clean laundry but hank doesn't want the most plain of white boxers (laughs) to be seen by his neighbors and he's very upset about this Uh, we hear why this is happening Uh, peggy normally doesn't hang laundry out to dry but the dryer is broken it's broken so bad it actually moistens the clothes now (laughs) and uh, hank agrees to buy a new dryer after this public embarrassment he takes down a sheet to reveal a nearly naked luann Mm. and then hangs the sheet back up i i love that because it's uh luann is never ashamed of her body like in that way she's not you know uh, a regular show would have had her be the one to go like eek and cover up or whatever but she's like hey and hank's like like he's he is the one who does not want to see i mean also like luann is not a sexual being to him he does not think of her that way and seeing seeing her in her underpants doesn't help him with that well there is one episode uh, a few years later that's all about people seeing luann naked that's a true, lot yeah. that's one of my favorite shots of her um 
after after Bobby catches her and she moves the curtain thinking she's covered up, she just goes like, foo, and not covering it. But she moved it too far and Bobby is still just agape at her. There, there's scene. a lot of fun screaming in that <laughs> uh, in that scene. But, but I think Peggy did this on purpose, knowing it would embarrass Hank enough to finally buy a new dryer. I think she did this uh, knowingly. She knows him well. Mm-hmm. So we're at Megalomar where the entire season will end up and some very important facts are laid down yeah. in this episode. We'll get to those soon. But they're looking at dryers. Bobby being a little weird kid is way into the idea of getting a new dryer. I know I wasn't to the idea of any <laughs> new appliance. Like, oh boy, uh, a new refrigerator. I did really like doing appliance shopping with parents that like three times it ever happened. I think we never, uh, but on the opposite side, my dad hated, uh, not unlike Hank Hill, he did not like buying new appliances. Like we had it, uh, our dryer, it could dry, but it moved <laughs> so much. And, but he, and it was, we could afford it. This was not a situation of like, I'm saying we were too poor because listeners have heard me say how many toys I got. All the cruises. All these things. But it was that my dad was cheap about appliances. Same same with uh, we got one new fridge ever. And it was because the other one was far too broken. But usually uh, we did not go uh, shopping for, for new appliances. And if I wanted to get a fancy, if I was like, oh, look at this, dad, a fancy one. He'd be like, no, no, no. Well, like Bobby, I coveted the the washers and dryers where you could see the clothes spinning around. Uh, and we never had that grown up either. I had, they were always the clothes. Me too. It was a mystery. Know. What was happening in there? <laughs> uh, there is a cut scene though on the DVD. There's more than usual in this episode. It's a fun Hank uh, joke where we see the hills walking to Megalomart. Hank has a shopping cart but he collects other shopping carts on the way in and he pushes them in and he sneers at the lazy teen hanging out outside smoking a cigarette. Now, I'll say if you if you don't return your shopping cart to the proper area, you don't have to bring it back to the store. But if you just leave it in the, in the parking lot, you are worse than Hitler. As someone who had to return those carts, I yes. often, uh, I don't go to grocery stores that have like big parking lots anymore and um, I'm not driving anymore. But usually when I was, I would take a loose cart from the parking lot and use that to shop like make their lives a bit easier yeah yeah because i'm a saint (laughs) you're you're one of the good ones bob i've just been in that position just people like just leaving their carts willy-nilly yeah uh, yeah. and it's like uh, i'm done with this whatever you deal with it isn't it your job you get it yeah Yeah, i I really want joe biden to crack down on this i i do like that the the way hank in that deleted scene like gives him the stink eye like that is so very hank that could have been in any episode like hank is the exact guy who wouldn't wouldn't just grab one but grab all of them because it's the right thing to do and this is another thing another one of mike judge's uh uh, i guess one of his gripes i think overall you see it in beavis and butthead you know what i agree and uh i don't know if he's uh you know finding the right target for his uh his problem here but his thing is and i'm taking a long time to explain this because i'm trying to articulate it that american service has declined because nobody wants to pay for skilled workers. So all all the people running everything are just teens who don't mm. know what they're doing mm. and don't care because they're not being paid enough to. And you see that in uh, Beavis and Butthead when uh, there's like they do the same scene in King of the Hill where Hank's like, "Do you know what a hammer is?" <laughs> yeah. Mr. Anderson is asking the same questions in Beavis and Butthead to teens who don't know what they're talking about. Uh. So this is a big thing throughout Mike Judge's work. It's just like nobody wants to hire anybody who knows what they're talking about, which is why but service is awful everywhere in America. And will eventually explode the Megalomart. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I think uh it's it's such a great like um 
breaking point for the American consumer that is perfectly represented in a guy like Hank Hill uh, or, or Mr. Anderson just going like, you know, can't you help me? You, you People used to be good at helping, but they, guys like Hank Hill, think it is a personal failing on the one employee that got hired, not the business yeah. deciding they want to hire the cheapest possible person they can. It, it does feel like uh, Hank has the wrong target in mind, but I think the show has the right target because they're not a fan of Megalomart and their no. hiring practices. You know, when I worked at like video, uh, when I worked at the movie theater too, I felt that I got too good at it. And it was, it was like, they oh, they don't care that I've memorized every command in the system yeah. and could teach people things. They, they don't care. They're like, if you want to stick around and know all this stuff, that's fine by me, but we're not paying you more. Yeah, they'd rather just have someone in that could pay minimum wage again yeah. and just, uh, you'll learn on the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a very fun scene coming up next uh, with our first clip where a clerk comes up Ask Hank if he has any questions, and Hank winks at Peggy and actually becomes the salesman himself <laughs> in our first clip. Could you tell me the difference between an electric dryer and a propane dryer? Sure. A propane dryer costs a little more. Uh, only at first. When you factor in the lifetime cost of ownership, propane comes out on top. Let me run through the numbers. A family of four does three and a half loads a week. Hey. Hey. Hello, Buckley. Hey. When did you get promoted to greeter? Yester, hey, day. And if the current trend in electric rates continues, you'll be glad you did. <laughs> Here's my card in case you have any other questions. Can we just take the spin more, please? Would you be interested in applying for a Megalo card? <laughs> no, thanks. The last thing I need is another credit card. I've already got one. <laughs> Hold on. No money down, no interest for six months, and 10% off our first purchase. 10% off? Well, Chuck Mangione supports it, and his diet shakes did okay by me. <laughs> what I remember about, uh, I think, Snowjob, there were a few deleted scenes in which that was the joke about propane, where the people who were endorsing it were, had to admit up front, yes, it costs more. <laughs> but over time... Yeah, he's like, Ugh, wait, yeah. over time. You know, if you do math... Yeah, they, they cut it. I remember, too, they cut for that episode, Buck going like... Why well, ain't got three years for it to yeah. save me any money? That's right, know? because all of his appliances are electric. Yeah, uh, which also like so it's more inconvenient and costs more upfront. But you ha- and you have to tell yourself, well, technically, I I did save thirty dollars eventually by being <laughs> inconvenienced, maybe. Yeah. And uh, we see Buckley established as working at the Megalomart as a greeter, and uh, this is very important because uh, he will play a pivotal role in the season finale. And you know what? We don't even see Buckley that much in the series yeah i, uh, I remember seeing him more although yeah. after he dies he remains in the intro and when they reanimated for hd he's still in the intro picking up luann that's so funny yeah it's, <laughs> i mean i guess it's assumed they're like well he's got a helmet on that could be any kind of like numerous uh, losers it, that luann throws her love at maybe it's lucky oh yeah it could the, be lucky lucky's got a similar body type yes. i think yeah uh, I, <laughs> but i was gonna bring up like the idea of a greeter was like a new funny comedic concept yeah because yes. it is technically, I guess, for Buckley, the lowest skill job they could give him. <laughs> but in reality, these jobs are not given to, uh, you know, teenagers. They're given to retirees who the system failed them. They have no money. They need a part time job. So they have to go to Walmart and wave at people. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, they it's it's uh, it makes me sad. I see those waivers. And I, and I know that like oh, you, you should be just sitting at home, you know, being racist or whatever. Uh, you tying know? flies. Tying fly- who knows? I mean, in the 90s, there was a push to uh get seniors back to work that's why in um 
Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, there's a plot about Grandpa going to work for Krusty Burger because <laughs> right. there were commercials saying, seniors, you can work too. It's like, well, <laughs> didn't they work their entire lives? Yeah, didn't they do enough work yeah. in the fucking factory? But Man. it's like, we found something for you to do. Just wave at people and maybe that'll help prevent some shoplifting. Uh, I also love what a great little line that is of saying... Uh, uh, you know, I got enough, cre- uh, you know, I uh, no, I don't need another one. Like he has, he only has one credit card. The gag in so many things is like, oh, I have 17 credit cards. I got to pay off this one and that one. It's like, no, Hank, one is too much for Hank as it is. He's that stable of a guy. And, you know, three economic collapses ago, uh, <laughs> I think people in the 90s were really living off a lot of credit cards. I mean, I only have one credit card now. Yeah. And I do the uh, the quote unquote scam of paying it off every week to, like, to get those Amazon points. <laughs> that That is I do the same thing. With yeah. yeah, it's uh, I do it for the points. So they still got me, but I'm not uh, for a while. I did have a good amount of credit sitting on it. And I I thank all you wonderful patrons <laughs> for, for, for uh, making that not a case anymore. I mean, I had to live off credit because I was unemployed so much and I was like paying rent with credit cards, which Ooh, sucked. Boy. And uh, that that rent is sorry, that debt is all wiped out. So thankfully yeah. that's over with. But uh, I also love how Bobby forces himself into a B-plot that shouldn't exist in this episode. Yeah. That's so great. It's very subtle uh, what's going on with Bobby, but I I love the B-plot here because Bobby is such a little kid. And when you're a little kid, you're a narcissist because you have no empathy. So you must be thinking, (laughs) well, I'm the main character and everyone's always thinking about me. So Mm. even though my birthday is four weeks away. (laughs) You know. Yes. This has to be about me. This trip has to be about me. That's explained in the next scene where... um, um, another great subtle joke with uh, Buckley here in that um, Bobby walks up to uh, Luann and Buckley says hi to them. Luann says hi back. Buckley says nothing. Luann says he's on a break. So he won't <laughs> greet anyone when he's yeah, on a break. Like, hey, you know what? I he Buckley is a jerk, but you need to make those kind of boundaries in your life. If it's break time at work, it's break time. They, they don't know you. You don't know them doing any work during that time. That includes saying hello. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one task he has to do. So he's not <laughs> going to do it to Bobby on his break. Uh, yeah. Yesterday day. <laughs> uh, and, and Bobby's dreams too. Of like, I'll be by the dirt bikes. Holding a Toblerone. Yes. That's, that's his dream. <laughs> uh, he's, he's found the perfect pairing of, uh, of you know, gifts for him. But yeah, his idea, he's telling Luann, it's like, well, of course we're here. They're going to see what kind of gift I want for my birthday. Why would you bring a child to a department store to buy a dryer when his birthday is three and a half weeks away? It doesn't make any sense. And he's building it up so great of just like uh, for to, to have an episode be the story of from his point of view, they forgot my birthday. It's a they forgot my birthday kind of story. Except he is a month ahead of time already <laughs> thinking that they forgot his birthday. Like he's such a his mix of excitement and stupidity is so great. This is no uh, Lisa. Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, Lisa. Yeah. I, I like how Luann, uh, she eventually becomes like a sidekick in this plot. But at first she's like, no, I don't think so, Bobby. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah, not she, even like being uh, like, you know, harsh about it. She's like, I don't really think so. And she's not. Uh, she's smarter uh, than she normally is written. Like she's the smart one in this conversation here only a couple times does she buy into like maybe you're right i guess yeah well she goes in for it by the end of the episode yeah that's true Uh, but buckley does say hey to bobby when his break is over but bobby's off screen he looks at his watch and then says it that's uh and then i mean what a great observation too here that like i've i have uh, speaking of being on the other side of that cash register 
the scam of a, and this was like new then, the scam of the department store you're at going like, and would you want to also get a credit card? Like it stops everything. It creates a gigantic line because yeah. you have to take forever to fill shit out. Like that was also awful. a big movement in the late nineties, early aughts. And I don't do like this kind of retail shopping anymore. Maybe it still happens, but it's like, do you want the credit card? Do you want to subscribe to Entertainment Weekly? Do you want the GameStop card? Just this litany of questions you have to go through when yeah. you, all you want to do is leave and you don't want to be rude. And I had to be the one asking those questions. I worked at a game store and it was like, well, there's a magazine subscription. There's a discount club you could join. And uh, as our boss said, your commission is you get to keep your job, which was yeah. very inspirational very to all nice. of us minimum wage clerks. Yeah, no, at Blockbuster, we had to do the same. Like, but don't you want this plan? And they know like they'd they had the secret shopper stick too of just like saying which i don't know if they ever had a secret shopper but they would say i know there's going to be a secret shopper soon and if i if you end up getting them and you didn't offer them the the new uh, super plan or whatever you're in trouble yes so, uh, what is at stake besides your five dollar an hour job yeah i know what but you think uh you've got your you know you're young too another reason they they get you young is so you know you're like well i don't want to disappoint them they're yeah. my like new teacher or and you, whatever. you fear the district manager when he's just some guy with like a uh, bachelor's degree in business <laughs> i worked with a guy at that video store who like uh, just would steal he stole thousands of dollars Jesus. and he actually got arrested at the store in, in merchandise crazy. or just like out of the register uh he got up to i have access to the safe and uh, can take money out of it well, about and he got arrested you know they count that money <laughs> yeah i don't know what he i never heard enough i just got to see him walk out in handcuffs and that was insane but uh but yeah i I have been on the other side of the cash register of also at a video store when at Blockbuster, a person comes in and says, uh, they come up, they put down their video, uh, DVDs and they say, well, I don't have a membership yet. I go like, well, stand over there and fill this out. Yeah. And it's going to take about 10 minutes and then I have to input it all. This involves so. paperwork. All my retail uh, things are coming back to me now. I remember, <laughs> this is the last thing, sorry to bore everybody out there if I am doing that, but I remember when I was working in retail at like a game store, uh, MSTs were a big thing. I think I've complained about this before. Multiple SKU transactions. Ah. And they were like another like category you had to hit when you're making a sale where it's like a manager tells you, I don't care what they're buying. You find a way to sell them something else too. If they're just buying a sucker, you find something else to sell them. It's like, what does it matter? If they're buying a $60 game, uh, isn't that enough? Is that enough for you? They have to also buy like a, a controller? No, you shit. find a strategy guide. You throw it down in front of them. Uh, and if not that, say, aren't you excited for that game that just got announced? Give us $10. You know, the sequel could be around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you'd want to get it, wouldn't you? Man? And, and the way in the episode, to get back the episode the line of people behind hank like this it is again like you said shows how customer service gets shittier because of this like yeah. what was more important than the dozen customers behind hank is making sure hank has a credit card with the company like that's what's most important uh, another subtle joke i noticed this time is that as this line stretches behind him the sign above hank says instant credit <laughs> that's a good joke so I missed that. very oh. subtle 
good. There's one cut joke where uh, Hank says, if you're going to make people wait this long, you ought to at least give them an eyeglass repair kit to play with. <laughs> That's cool. So That's cute. I like that. Hank could be like tightening his lenses or whatever <laughs> while this a, is happening. You know, it's important. You got to stay on top of that. But now glasses are so disposable. I Well, not that disposable, but I, I got a new pair coming soon, actually. Get Hank, my yearly pair. In 2022, Hank could be on Twitter while this is happening. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Let's hear about uh, Hank's credit woes. Okay, Mr. Hill, your credit has been rejected? Huh? But why? Well, the computer doesn't say. I'm sorry. Next. Hold on a minute. You made a mistake. I have perfect credit. I think I recognize a frowny face when I see one. Hank, why don't we just pay with a check? Uh, sorry, we can't take checks from people with bad credit. (laughs) I'm having the time of my life, and it's on sale. Thanks for trying, Melinda, but I'm pretty sure you can't just look up my credit unless I send some kind of permission letter to my credit bureau. Nah, it's a piece of cake. All you need is a $10 processing fee. I'll just deduct that from your paycheck. Mr. Strickland, uh, I was just, uh... Hank's got bad credit. Well, there's the right hair in your tuna. Seems like you're in the whole $40 to Arlen video. What? It says I owe $40, and that can't be true. I always bring back my tapes. Look for yourself. I've returned the great Santini 23 times. Okay. Hank Hill, June 23rd. Yeah, you rented and never returned cuffs and collars. I've never even heard of that. Have you? Uh Uh-uh. Unless it's got the name Merchant, Ivory, or Billy Crystal above the title, I am not interested. So uh, I do want to talk about a few of the cut jokes in the Strickland propane scene because uh, there's a few funny buck jokes. So after Melinda tells uh, Strickland, Hank <laughs> has back. seen Melinda, yeah. <laughs> She'll pop up a few times, but uh, not a big character. But when she tells uh, Buck that Hank has bad credit, he goes, uh, well, you can't have bad credit with what I pay you. And then he goes, well, you got a wife and kids, don't you? So <laughs> he realizes great. he can't pay a man enough to feed his family. That's a great line. And that also Hank is still, even though Hank is his best employee, he's like, oh, wait, you got a wife and a child, don't you? <laughs> like, he doesn't even remember. <laughs> he's looking at Hank's credit report and he says, oh, that truck you bought you bought it for a song and hank goes uh that's the price of my house that's what i bought my house for <laughs> that's so, a great gag but what buck sees is the price of a cheap truck that was the cost of hank's house that's so, so funny. it shows their class difference too uh, it's so good i love it and just also like hank is he has to pay the ten dollars to do it i also love hank's naivete of like you couldn't just look at my credit score whenever you want. No one should be able to do that. And that it's only, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, 25 years later, it's only gotten easier to find everything about everybody. Yeah, yeah. You can you can know everything about everyone. And uh, the only difference is now people tell you it more. I mean, well, like, this is already the beast coming in here because it's like, why does this guy not give them a credit card? Well, a frowny face. The computer showed him a frowny face. He's like, uh, the computer, it's yeah. a frowny face. No one can actually help you. It's You can't actually blame anyone. It's mm. always the computer won't let me do this or the computer says this. No one can actually take like make an executive decision. No employee can do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I mean, look, when you're on the other side of that cash register, I definitely liked going back on sorry the thing won't let me you can see the bind i'm in like i can't i can't do it computer won't let me like you can just and sometimes that's a lie just to get out of it but yeah there's one more cut joke in the strickland scene where uh, when strickland finds out hank only owes 40 dollars, he thinks hank is just that that poor he can't pay it so he gives hank the march of dimes display oh that's so funny he's gonna steal from charity he's like here you can take this like he won't he won't give him like a bonus or anything now no (laughs) 
Uh, let's talk uh, about The Great Santini. Oh, sure. Let's talk yeah. all about this movie. Because a perfect Hank Hill movie, I'd H- say. Hank rented it, what, like 28 times <laughs> yes, or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, this is the first time I had to look up information about this movie. So it's a 1979 movie. It stars uh, Robert Duvall. It's about a stern and abusive Marine father with a sensitive son, which is probably why <laughs> Hank would enjoy it. Also, spoilers for this movie. In the end, uh, the father dies during one last aerial mission for the Marines, and his son takes over as the head of the household, which fulfills his de- dead father's wishes. Wow, so man. It's about a father uh, who heroically dies, and his <laughs> son grows up because of that. And finally, he taught his kid a lesson by dying, this jerk. <laughs> I, uh, no, I mean, Robert Duvall, he looks like a perfect military uh gruff dad and i mean this is like uh having just watched a bunch of yellowstone with uh with my stepdad and he's a big fan of it it was a nice time to watch like i now have been thinking about like oh this is dad this is the dad content you know things like the great santini band of brothers yellowstone like all this stuff made for dad for my stepdad it was the postman that movie ah see he's a big fan of that (laughs) uh you know but yeah it sounds like your stepdad was more into like uh genre fiction he's more of a nerd that's true see uh you know tough for dads well my stepdad has a military background as well so i think but again nice guy i love i love my stepdad listeners heard me cry about my stepdad that's true podcast go back to the the christmas episode yeah the christmas episode uh so one thing about this movie is that i didn't know so thank you to uh just brief research on wikipedia one scene from this movie is parodied a bunch so in the movie the dad is playing a one-on-one basketball game with the sensitive son and he starts bouncing the ball off his head and saying are you gonna cry are you gonna cry and uh that's a scene in the movie that's been parodied in things like the simpsons roseanne and the second austin powers uh, movie and also robert duvall came back to do a parody of that scene in the 2005 movie kicking and screaming holy crap he he revisited that scene like 20 plus years later with i'm guessing will ferrell wow i had no clue they did say that's so funny i didn't i just thought it was you know, a regular old tropey thing that anybody did. I didn't think it was specifically from that movie. I mean, hey, as I, I think I don't want to watch this movie though. As as the no, sensitive no. son, I don't want to project the the mean that. dad wins and is right. Yeah, you know what? That's uh, sure some other people will like that, but yeah. I, <laughs> uh, well, and you know that great Santini though. It's also funny to me because obviously he could have bought that vhs the price of the vhs was five rentals at at most especially for an old movie like that by 98 at megalomart he could buy a videotape of the great santini for ten dollars i think hank might think it's a little like uh too fruity to own a a movie yeah that's true (laughs) movie ownership that's for that's for pansies well you like a movie so much you gotta own it Uh, it sounds pretty artsy fartsy to me (laughs) uh back to the episode though uh peggy's tastes are merchant ivory films and billy crystal movies what a great definition it really runs the gamut for her uh all right so look uh now Hank's Tales of the Tapes, renting them. Okay. That is. Uh, I I worked at a Blockbuster and I worked at a mom and pop video store, not unlike Arlen Video. And so I and I have been the guy at the register in this thing. Though uh in the cases of Blockbuster, when people say, I don't remember that or whatever, I didn't do that, which my instant reaction was, you are a liar. You are lying and you don't want to pay this. But mm. half the time I would, I think I would just side with them of like, well, yeah, but fuck the blockbuster. What do I care if they get your 20 bucks? And so sometimes if they complain enough, if the Hank person complained enough at our store, if the manager was there, if I or somebody above me, 
certainly they would say, well, I want to speak to the manager. I don't owe $50 on this movie. Then you send it to the manager and usually the manager's tactics. And this would be the one I would take if a manager wasn't there was to say, well, okay, how about we just put this in half and you just pay 20 and we move on and mm. we unlock your account and you can rent that movie. And they go like, well, fine. The I'm manager like, gets okay. pay, paid slightly more to eat shit. Yes, that's, his that's job. their job. Yeah. So, so that would usually be how it is. Like that is a difference in this episode. No, I cannot remember at either video store a point where you stood firm on somebody saying, but I should, I did return it, you know, now, uh, at the mom and pop store, it was run by an extremely cheap uh, small business uh, <laughs> despot who, who you know, was a nice enough guy also as a person. But he was he was really a small business despot, and he would never forgive something like mm. this. We, if he was there, he would be like, "All right, let's talk this out, buddy." But if he wasn't there, then I would just go like. I was older then. I'd say like, whatever, just give me $5 and I'll just delete it. I, uh, you also did have more control over the computer at this place than a blockbuster. Like a blockbuster, you really could just say, this is the, yeah. this says you owe $40 from a store like 50 miles away. I can't do shit. And there's about like this. the, the God of corporate, like, Oh, these are rule, rules set down, set down by corporate. Yeah. Corporate won't let me. And unfortunately the, a, a problem for this episode where it meets reality that they have to kind of change up is that by 98 blockbuster had taken over most mom and pop stores. Mm. And certainly in like a suburban area like Arlen and blockbuster is based in Texas, but blockbuster does not rent pornography so it can't be a plot about pornography if he has an out of date uh, a rental of a porno tape and we are questioning if uh there was a blockbuster in arlen and in the peggy the boggle champ episode season one uh luann rents a movie from blockbuster and she says they edited out the the, you know the spicy scenes (laughs) or whatever right right so yeah they they have a blockbuster but uh yeah the only way they could rent porno was for this and i did uh, rent pornography at that mom and pop shop, but it was you rented it to people. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> hey, I, I I borrowed some and brought it back the next morning. <laughs> no, no, okay, but I actually wouldn't because that one I know where the internet is, and two that uh, that small business despot he bought the cheapest shit he mm. could. Like he was like, oh, is this a four dollar? He would go to like a cheap adult store and it's like oh these are four dollar dvds i'll buy a hundred of them and just shove them on the wall and they would be the most inartful of of dvds (laughs) there would be no stars no production values often foreign uh productions that i would think probably didn't pay anybody who starred in it and they would just be very direct in their titles okay uh, you know they they wouldn't be something clever like cuffs and collars it would just be like yeah anal play four so, or something that, like that's that. another thing well we're talking about the world of pornography uh this is all very cute to me now because <laughs> uh you know older boys have told me this i don't know anything about it but now now pornography yeah it's like the title is nothing clever it's just like here is what you will see literally here yeah. are the acts you will see here is maybe the race of the people in the video you'll see <laughs> are they a stepmom or aren't they yes exactly yeah. no well and hey i blame seo for that oh That's absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah. you can't write a good headline anymore <laughs> you can't write a good porno title anymore uh, it removes so much creativity from all walks of life yeah and uh, but yes i did rent uh porno to people uh usually older people the funniest uh it was usually guys who were like, oh, you're too old to know how to use the internet. So here, and now I get to know your particular sex tastes, uh, including occasionally, 
It was about a nine to one split of gay to straight DVDs is hmm. nine straight DVDs for every one gay one. And uh, the ones that stick out to me of like, oh, I didn't think that you were a person who would rent gay porno and just that that kind of moment. But uh, most embarrassing was when a woman my age came there and she was like, well, yeah, I want a porno DVD. This uh, I have plans tonight with a friend. Ooh. And and she came in like, oh, this is like the cheapest shit possible. I was like, yeah, I know. Like you just buy porn somewhere else. Like this is crappy porn. You're not going to get anything good here. There, uh, I have a lot of experiences renting videos in general because I grew up in the 90s. Uh, we didn't go to Blockbuster. We had principles, Henry. Uh, it was too expensive. <laughs> there was and, nowhere else. Uh, for me, there were two... Uh, <laughs> Uh, like local video stores on the same street like uh, five minutes from my house so i was spoiled and yeah. they were so local they had like a guy's name in the title well oh. at least one of them did one of them was called anthony coca's video land <laughs> oh, this guy also amazing. owned like pizza red chains too so oh. just some guy and also uh, f- uh front row video or first row video i forget what it was but yeah like it was cheaper than blockbuster and we uh didn't like blockbuster so i never actually rented at a blockbuster no i mean we got to i got to learn how evil blockbuster was live like as a little kid loved blockbuster and then a new video store opened up across the street from the blockbuster that undercut it and then blockbuster across the street took down its prices and then bought the other store across the street and it taught me a lot a, a law a harsh lesson about monopolies well they didn't want to buy netflix and look yeah. at them now yeah they got fucked man and then and no, then they fucked themselves yeah, they, yeah yeah which i mean they, it was just a big fi- bigger fish eating another fish but and on netflix that blockbuster documentary if you have nostalgia for Blockbuster, it will supply that, but it is far too nice to Blockbuster. Uh, and they, they bring in Lloyd Kaufman, who look, Lloyd Kaufman from Troma, he's he is a bit wacky. But every point he says about Blockbuster being shit is correct and how it kill hurt movies in the eighties and nineties. And they treat him like a crank when he's saying mm, that, which I did not. They play like, like circus musical ice talking. They kind of do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so no, no Blockbuster for me, but I, I'm pretty sure in my uh, Ohio town, there's still like a family video. All that exists now are family videos. <laughs> wow. And there's, uh, I think now if any video store exists, it is only through the kindness of like uh, strangers who are just like, here's fifty thousand dollars on gofundme just keep going you should exist no one will come there it's for like money laundering oh sure. it's like it's like uh, the car wash and breaking bad yeah and then eventually you'll read a headline of like oh this 80 year old man who had been running it died and of course it's not there's no one's gonna inherit it and keep it going it's just gone oh one thing i forgot to mention about video stores is the porn sections uh the one at the the first video store was in a separate room so i never saw one went in there Mm -hmm. uh the other one was in the section that used to be the kids section so (laughs) it had these it was like this little walled in section but the walls were about three feet high Mm. and it was right by the front of the store too so it was very very conspicuous and see now i i lived in suburban florida where you couldn't like i think it was you actually had to go across the county line to like, oh, there's the, I know I crossed the county line because I'm in, there's the adult store that's uh, right on the corner. So uh, I didn't have any video stores or in a porno. When I moved here and worked at one, it was a shock to me. And this, but again, back to the cheapness of the guy running the place, he didn't have a beaded curtain. He didn't have saloon doors. It was a corner, the farthest corner from the front of the office or from the entrance. Uh, there were walls up around it. And it just had one opening and it was like, okay, enough shelves to hold a hundred ish DVDs. And then he put like a curved mirror on top. So 
if you were working the front, you're like, okay, hey, did a child walk into the porn section? Mm. Okay, they they did not. Good. The porn right. corner. Yeah, yeah I, I think the repurposed children's section was uh, set up with like swinging saloon doors. So there was some like doorway into yeah. it, but they were just like uh, not taking up the entire doorway. <laughs> well, that and that was also a, a structural problem with the off place too. So technically we had a bathroom for employees but only employees but occasionally you would have somebody go like please please i got to it's like uh to do this i have to escort you to the bathroom because it's in the office and you will walk by the porno section to go there and once or twice it was a parent with their kid who was like my kid's gotta go and i was like all right, there's only one bathroom. Get, you deal with how I, I kind of just looked at the porno section. I'm like, Dude, see what's there? You better shield your kid's eyes or yeah. something. There's no like, time to turn all these tapes over. Yes. Well, no, that was, it was, so also it was the covers on the shelves. We yeah, had the yeah. actual DVDs by the counters. And again, so cheap that these covers did not demure from nudity on the front. It was mm. like the the money shot was on the front cover. Ooh. That's that's You how. want to save that for the back. I know. Again, like as I said, in artful, cheap the porno yeah. DVDs. What one last thing about porn. It'll co- we'll talk more about porn later, folks, don't worry. But I just remember as a kid understanding like, oh, these are naughty videos and, and you know, there's there's naked ladies in them. One thing I remember is like, oh, the things you bring up to the counter are huge. Oh. They're like the size of PC game boxes. <laughs> right. Yes. Because I think we you know when they're being sold uh you know in those 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 like very seedy warehouse stores they don't want people shoplifting porno oh, that's why that's, they were so big yeah that's yeah. why the boxes were huge but you know to bring the giant box up to the counter to get your tape <laughs> you can't shoplift that that you know just the cover of the box but it's it's there because it was really sold mm-hmm. at, at like a store and you know by i didn't see it but a co-worker at the mom and pop store told me like there was a dude who would come who came in a couple times would look like he was looking at the porno films but not rent anything but secretly have brought with him a razor blade oh, to yeah. cut out the pictures and take them oh the him. pictures jesus not, not stealing the actual dvds but to steal the the dirty pictures on the fr- covers i i uh, dated a woman who worked at uh, suncoast like 20 years ago and uh, those damn bladers uh, they yeah. come in with the razor blades they steal all the dvds see that's uh the, this guy could only steal the nude pictures on the dvd boxes that but. was the only benefit of snapper case they 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 help Warner Brothers prevent theft. That's true, and that's it. Yeah, they look uh, shitty on your shelf, but uh, also that Kung Fu poster. That's just the Beverly Hills Ninja poster. That's but, true. Yeah. I, Bobby would be a big fan of that movie. Yeah. I think I had pulled it up recently because uh, there's a scene where Chris Rock says everybody's trying to cr- kick my ass, and he actually flinches at uh, Chris Farley trying to hit him, which you know. It's funny, I guess mm. listeners, you know, we did this after, yeah, I know, guys, we did this after he got hit on stage by Will yeah. Smith. All we right? talked about it on Talk to the Audience, yeah. but we recorded uh, Traffic Jam weeks before the Oscars. Yes, yeah, it's, hey, hey, it happens sometimes, you know, what, uh, if if something crazy happens with pornography after we record this, <laughs> I'm sorry, we're out by of By now, it. Will Smith will have been brought to justice. <laughs> He's making license plates uh, now. Oh, God, he'll be banned from everywhere, <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, we're, ba- we're back in the video store, folks, and uh, Bobby is questioning Luann to see if they're really here to buy a movie for his birthday. Uh, but once again, uh, Luann's like, no, they didn't tell me anything about that. Uh, so uh, this is when Hank asked Bobby, have you ever heard about cuffs and collars? And this was what puts Bobby's in Bobby's mind that they're here to buy a movie for him. Mm-hmm. And he basically gives the description of every cop movie ever That's made so great. where Bobby says, oh yeah, two cops who don't get along, but then they do. But then it's too late because he's dead, but not really. And I so lo- you've seen it. 
No. no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that answer is that uh, Bobby wants it, whatever it is. And he thinks that's why later he is like, oh, these are all cop movies when he sees them. He thinks this yeah. is just the police films. <laughs> uh, I think Bobby would be more into police academy movies, though. I did like the, uh, the speaking of those deleted scenes, the one of Peggy with her old paper card as somebody who had to create laminated blockbuster cards in the machine that was always my least favorite part of it mm. like all right beep boop beep uh, oh it printed it out wrong time to do it again and and you just feel this anxious pressure of like the line is building behind them <laughs> and they're all going to be me- mad at me when i have to help them after hey i remember the changeover from paper cards to plastic cards and video yeah. rentals it was a big deal uh, you know they they were more durable now i i think uh i think i threw out my blockbuster card and finally a mm. long time ago <laughs> i would hope so uh so luann says she's never heard of it either and when Hang- peggy turned back around bobby congratulates her for trying to cover it up it's like you are so smooth luann uh, uh he's uh, he's building up uh, himself to be disappointed when i watched it with my husband he'd not seen the episode before he's like oh man how disappointed is bobby gonna be at the end of this episode and i told him like no no don't worry don't worry <laughs> he'll be the happiest little boy ever uh, a very lucky boy yes uh, back to the clerk. Uh, I love this line from Hank where he's like, well, I didn't rent it, so I want the $40 removed, and you can penalize yourself whatever you think is fair. <laughs> That's so good. It's yeah. him, him for saying, like, yeah, this can be the deal. Like, I, I won't be too mad at you. But, yeah, these. <laughs> uh, I, I love the voice on that cashier, too. He's like, a cut thin collars. Like, he's got a little lisp to him, but he's just doing his job. And, and just like me and Blockbuster, he's like, hey, man, it's, not, it's the computer. I'm not, I, I can't do nothing, buddy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the entire point of this episode is like Hank just paid the forty dollars, but it's the, the principle of the it thing. Is the principle, and of he it. won't budge. And uh, yeah, Hank thinks he's being tough but fair. But the computer won't let the clerk erase anything until Hank can return the tape <laughs> or pay the forty dollars. So again, it's it's the Mike Judge nightmare. It's just like the computer won't let me. Yeah. Uh, me as a clerk can offer you no customer service. <laughs> it is sort of just the like, hey buddy, I just work here kind yeah. of deal. You can't talk to anyone. There's no conversation to be had. It's just pulled away. And and also. Think of what an inverse this is of today. Like this is a joke about late fees and how horrible it is. You pick one movie, and if you keep it out too long, it's you get charged a late fee. As opposed to you have access, uh, you pay a monthly fee to one thing, and you have access to hundreds of movies you never watch, and nothing's ever late. You just don't watch it. You know, very, very different. And I went, I went through a similar uh, Hank dilemma with the computer won't let me uh, very recently because uh, to make a long story short. I have this thing called a Nexus card. It makes it easier to cross the border. I do it a lot because I go to Canada a lot. Mm. And when I got my Nexus card, they left the junior off of my name. Uh, I'm a junior, by the way. I don't (laughs) like it. Uh, And even though all the information is where it should be, it's like, well, that's my date of birth. That's a that's a picture of me. I had to give an interview to get this card. It's it's all legit. It wouldn't work because the junior wasn't on it. Uh, so after COVID lightened up and I was able to actually, you know, get an appointment and, you know, go in and say, I need this fixed. Uh, the lady was very mad at me (laughs) and she was like, well, what are you talking about? I was like, well, uh, there's a junior, uh, that should be on this card and it's not on this card and I need it there for me to use it. And she's like, we put whatever's on your passport on the card. And I said, the junior is on my passport. It's not on the card. And she says, we don't make mistakes. And I said, well, you did. Here's my card. (laughs) And I was like, she was trying to get me to go somewhere else. And I was like, this is, I don't want this to be a Kafka thing. Please don't turn this into a Kafka thing. (laughs) So she eventually uh, relented and made the correction, but she was so mad about it because uh... 
it should be someone else's thing to do, mm. but she had to do it. There was nowhere else to turn. There was no manager I could talk to. Uh, I had to make her do this, and she was so mad at me. That is, you know, see, that's what's not covered by the beast here. Of just like, but nobody wants to do anything. Yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, it sucks to do your job, and, and nobody maybe wants she to. get in trouble for it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's like, why she was mad. Like, I can't believe you're making me do this. I'm gonna have to explain this to like, yeah, it's just logical. Yes, I. This is why stuff like King of the Hill works too. Like, well, we all kind of have been uh, felt this way at one time or another in the, you know, harsh world uh, and impersonal world that is today as society. Yeah, yeah. No one can help anyone and we're all, uh, we can only be punished. So we're always afraid to do anything. And you must either become Hank Hill or the Joker. The only two choices. I was very nice to the woman and I think that made her even more angry. Ah, that's good. I mean, also too, that like, she probably is used to just saying... Well, I can't. And the person just goes like, okay. And they just walk away. Like if, if you actually, if you have answers or know the system as much as them or, or close to as much as them, then, then, then you're really forcing their hand there. My yeah. theory is her strategy was to try to escalate any argument to the point where they can say, well, I'm going to call security or like, uh, I'm not going to help you with that tone, sir. But I was like, oh, could you please help me? <laughs> you know, I would bet she has had, uh, I, the, the woman in your story I do feel a little bad for her because probably also in customer service of the last two years, especially you've seen the worst of humanity by times 10. Like I couldn't imagine that video store job in keep please wear your mask sir times i couldn't imagine yeah. doing that job you know in a way i i was not mad at her because i understand and i hate walking into any customer service situation like this but you walk into it knowing they can never give me the benefit of the doubt ever yeah, yeah. because they're always on guard and i have to break through that guard because they are trained to no, never give anyone the benefit mm. of the doubt well because if they trust somebody who then is proven to be a liar then they'll get in trouble later. Yeah. Their boss will tell them, "Didn't you know? Why didn't you ask him about this? Why didn't you ask him about this?" It's a very American thing where we all have to suffer because a few people broke the rules, or a few yes. people could break the rules. Yes, a very, yeah. very small amount of people that are insignificant. Teachers punishing the whole class. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, a lot of personal gripes in this episode. Let's talk <laughs> about. Uh, let's learn the truth about cuffs and collars in our next clip. I told you I didn't rent the tape. Now, who's calling me a liar, you or the machine? Because I want to know whose ass to kick. I'm not calling you a liar, sir. Fine. Now, where's the ass on this thing? I need a dryer, Hank. Just pay for the tape. Absolutely not. I won't pay for someone else's screw-up. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if that tape was sitting on the shelf right now. Where would cuffs and collars be? Action adventure? Action comedy? Action, action. Make a left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, normally, I think porno music is very hacky, but this is kind of the last time you could do it. Yes, Though I yeah. would get mad when they would still do this about 10 years later because uh, I don't know a lot about porn, folks, but it doesn't sound like this anymore. No, no. If you turn on yeah. porn and there's music, <laughs> you're like, what's music. going on here? Yeah, well, what it, century is this? Who pays for music? You know, yeah. that, that must have gone out with the steel drums of Girls Gone Wild. That was the last music they put on a porno. It became so hack that it was like a freaking uh, commercial slogan, like, bow chicka wow wow. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to vomit uh, when yeah. I heard that. Uh, Again, I you know what that that clerks movie they were getting it right in that titles like cuffs and collars there were still some of them 
But in the second half of the joke of Randall ordering porno tapes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the the names he says in that that was the names of the ones that my boss <laughs> bought. Like usually, just an act an action and a participant named in it. I mean, I don't want to reveal this much about this element of my life, but like when at this point in time, yes, I was very interested in porno. I was 15 years old. I was about to be 15 years old, and I remember uh, the first pornography I had access to was I think. I think I was maybe 13 or 14. There was a new kid in school and to win everyone over, he brought pornography because it uh, makes he, friends fast. Yes. Yeah. He came from <laughs> uh, California, the mystical land wow. and his friend would go like dumpster diving for porn. <sighs> That's and smart. the first porn he gave me a uh, very few pictures. It wasn't a penthouse forum. It was like mostly text. Uh. So it was like a, a text magazine with like lots of filthy stories. <laughs> wow. And that was the first porn I had access to. And then later in uh, early high school, there was lots of talk about, oh, the um, Pamela Anderson tape, oh, oh the Tommy course, Lee tape. Yeah. I never saw that. <laughs> and I was like, well, how do you get this? How do you see this? Because you had to go to like a store to access pornography. I mean, there was internet porn, but you had to have the internet, the fast connection. There weren't a lot of videos. But the first time I actually saw hardcore pornography was when I was 14 and my friend lent me a copy of a Jenna Jameson video oh my. that he got from his downstairs neighbors. Wow. And that's the first time I saw full penetration <laughs> when yeah. I was a young lad of 14. But now any kid with an iPad, it's just like whatever act you want to see, whatever yes. celebrity or porn star you want to see, they're just there waiting for you. And you don't even need to be looking for it. It will just yeah. be in your search results. Yeah, I. if you uh, say for podcast research, look up a famous person's name, you might just see them naked mm -hmm. in in the image results no i mean i also experienced straight pornography in that way through pals in you know yeah closeted childhood like i saw i i definitely saw the pam and tommy tape and man uh, which is in the news these days and man tommy his dick is huge it's well crazy. now there's a hulu show about his dick and it talks to him yeah that's what i've heard jason manzoukas i've heard <laughs> it should yeah. be john benjamin <laughs> but 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 anyway yeah that that was how i saw uh, hardcore pornography as well but it was from a friend who stole it from his dad who was a uh, a bill type who owned a whole <laughs> lot of pornography and he wouldn't miss it he, like uh the like 10 magazines and three tapes that my friend had his dad never missed like he had that much pornography so i remember before that uh maybe when i was like 10 or 11 it wasn't hardcore pornography but there was like some playboys floating around there was some woods porn that was playboys oh, and sure. penthouses but when I was a kid, what disappointed me was there's actually not too many naked ladies in Playboy. Mm. It's like there's a centerfold, maybe a few other things, but 95% of the magazine is articles and <laughs> cartoons and stuff. Uh, and as I recall, a lot of perfume are cologne ads. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the smell of a Playboy is a, is a bunch of colognes mixing together in my memory. A lot of yeah. a lot of inserts, but like the Playboys I saw were all from like, there were friends' dads' Playboys from the 70s, so it gave me a misconception about what women look like naked mm -hmm. uh, from that point on. It's still my imagination now they all look like pamela anderson right the, well like, uh, <laughs> uh not in the 70s no oh no 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 but uh, anyway yeah i guess this is it's a funny time to remember our childhood was like the start of internet pornography and like one of my friends he did have i downloaded some images but 
uh, starting out for me, it was more it was more written based, uh-huh. which you could download and, and view much faster. But we're revealing yeah. all the stuff about ourselves because uh, talking about 1998, <laughs> uh, you can't get porn into your house. Porn cannot infiltrate your house. Uh, you have to go to a place and get it if yeah. you're Hank Hill. And that's why this is such a violation of everything <laughs> he believes in, because he wants to keep this away from him and his family, but it's coming to him and that shouldn't happen. He entering the beaded rooms. He is so innocent. He doesn't even realize this is the adults only room, which is so great. And I mean, the the reaction of Redcorn and Nancy oh, right. judging him for that is and so funny. They're in the romance section renting movies. Oh, that's so good. There's another great joke with them in this episode, too, that I really like. Uh, so uh, God, lots of fun personal stories here in this episode uh, <laughs> act two starts uh, Hank is uh, horrified he wants to know how could they how could they ever think I'd run a stag film Peggy I'm married <laughs> that's so funny uh, Hank thinks porno is still called stag films and that you only see them at, like at your bachelor party like yeah. oh here's a nudist camp movie what married man would look at pornography I'm married yeah that's such a funny idea and yeah I also I didn't know stag film that term there's a joke about it and i was re-watching old bugs bunnies and the one of uh, him trying to get the oscar from like 43 or whatever he says <laughs> yeah. hey play my play my uh, movie and the thing starts playing and it's just uh, a drawing of a bucket it says stag reel and you're like no Uh, I needed to wait till I was older to figure that out. That was when porno was like illegal Mm -hmm. and you were like, oh, I got this reel. You know, you won't (laughs) believe what happens on it. And you show it down at the Elk Lodge or whatever, you know. Yeah. Keep the ladies away. Which like that's also all these World War II vets watching pornography with their like friends. Like that feels strange to me. (laughs) I don't know. By the way, a stag is a male deer, which is why in that stag film joke, there's like a deer like pulling down its pants or something. Or like there's like a sexy deer in that Bugs Bunny joke. (laughs) That's correct. Yes. So uh, (laughs) Hank is beginning his investigation. I like how this is like a procedural too, because Hank is like, oh, June 23rd. That was the day I rented the video supposedly. But wasn't (laughs) I, you know, installing grab bars in my dad's shower? And Peggy was like, no, um, I went to play Boggle with Nancy and I left you at home alone. Alone. Yeah. She it's Peggy is obsessed with like. Also, that she treats it as this huge crime of like, if Hank Hill ever masturbated, would be the it would be the yeah. end of their marriage. Well, like. by the end of the episode, it's never resolved, but uh, Peggy definitely believes Hank was actively masturbating in their house. Yeah, she does to pornography, that. which also would there's no pro that's not a problem. But I guess if they, if part of their relationship is that she doesn't want him jerking off, then I suppose she finds that as a betrayal. But he she just wants him to pay the forty bucks and she. And in her mind she's like you're probably embarrassed because you did do this yeah. and you don't want to admit it and she goes you know it doesn't matter if you did it or you didn't he's just like i need you to believe that i didn't <laughs> it does matter yeah and she's like okay i believe you but just one question did you rent that tape no, no. <laughs> yeah well okay but whether you did or you didn't just pay the 40 dollars. i like the circular argument <laughs> yes. where he just keeps saying no and she goes well it doesn't matter if you did i didn't uh, well even if you did it's like but i didn't yeah and and so great that then it builds into like bobby takes their secretiveness to be like ooh, it's a present oh boy yeah like because peggy goes i don't want people to be talking about this especially in front of bobby and he thinks he, they're talking about his birthday present so it's a great uh, mislead for him and it's great how he pops into the room i just love the little detail that luann is braiding her own hair as she does that and that's then cute. later in the episode her hair is braided that's good it's man. not even for a joke it's just like well luann is bored and she's braiding her hair she doesn't have a ton to do in this episode no. just react to bobby yeah but uh the boys weigh in on hank's porno problem so, Nancy tells me she ran into John Redcorn at the video store. 
The two of them heard you complain about some porno tape you lost. <laughs> yeah, man, talking about that dang old cuffs and collars, man. Like when they come over to clean that pool, man, and start going, Quit it. I didn't rent that movie. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one who is disgusted by pornography. It's offensive. It's demeaning. It creates a standard of idealized beauty that your average man can't compete with. Don't worry, Bill. I'm not going to let my credit and good name be done in by a damn computer error. Computers don't make errors. What they do, they do on purpose. By now, your name and particulars have been fed into every laptop, desktop, mainframe, and supermarket scanner that collectively make up the global information conspiracy otherwise known as the Beast. Dale, I'm having a problem with one videotape. Not some kind of high-tech boogeyman. You just be <laughs> careful. Computers have already beaten the communists at chess. Next thing you know... They'll be beating humans. <laughs> oh, so good, man. This is a real, it's not his story, but this is a great Dale episode. This is really good. Yeah, they're, they're finding more to do with these guys outside of having them just comment on the story. Uh, We're going to get a Bill episode pretty soon. I like that Boomhauer, uh, he admits to like, oh yeah, I know what Cuffs and Collars is. Because <laughs> yeah. he watched it. Because he is an unashamed single man who uh, probably brings it. I, I would think he has watched pornography with his random partners he's had in his life uh but meanwhile bill doth protest too much which yeah i did i i think on my first viewing i did not even see it coming even though it is so obvious that a lonely sad man <laughs> like bill is actually secretly a, a an expert in pornography and owns all of it he's a porn freak yeah he, uh i mean i think he was protesting too much before i think he was talking about like uh pudding wrestling that's and right, like how yeah. it's disrespect, disrespectful to women and pudding and pudding yeah yeah i bet too part of bill when he gets mad at the all the stuff coming in the mail the bill's like i have a private p.o box to receive my <laughs> pornography you can't take that similar care yeah. Hank. come this on this is real bush league crap yeah <laughs> Although I do agree with Dale, again, we're all trapped in the beast, and it's like when you see an ad on your phone or on Twitter or whatever, you're like, oh, I was just talking about that. Is my phone spying on me? And I think the scarier thing is like, no, you based on information people have about you, they know what you're going to be thinking about, and yeah. they can shove something in your face like, I was just thinking about a Subway sandwich, <laughs> Now I want to eat one. Uh, yeah, it can remember like the inserted Amazon ads are like, well, you did just, we know you just went to Amazon to buy more fiber bars. Don't you want even a different fiber bar what about this one yeah it's it's creepy it, yeah i mean uh, the beast is how like you said uh we have nothing to sell in, in america except for information on yeah, people and yeah. that's it <laughs> and i'm sure there's no like horrible end point to that that could happen but i also love hardwick the way hardwick delivers is kind of tommy jones type monologue <laughs> like yeah. so good outhouse but yeah like but but for desktop mainframe blah, 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 is so good <laughs> the beast and dale is correct yeah uh, he actually is right uh that's what drives hank crazy <laughs> it's like oh wait dale was right it's it's a horrible horrifying situation in which dale is correct uh also that he does not view communists as human that's very that's also very dale too. That's, that's a good dale line uh we're back at strickland propane hank answers the phone it's a guy named matt we know he's a telemarketer, but Hank is like, oh, shit, I forgot who this guy was. He's I a customer. <laughs> he's like flipping through his Rolodex like, oh, hi, Matt. <laughs> he's too friendly. He can't. Yeah. He gets completely disarmed by this guy. I just love, man, the acting on Herman on this guy. I go, oh, like, he's great. It's me, Matt. It's the end up. 
Peggy, like is just, uh, and also that he editorializes too. And by Rugburn too, I mean Rugburn also. Rugburn too isn't very good. Yes, it's so good. It's, it's a great reading by him. Uh, he's he's trying to offer more, Hank more uh, porno because he's from a company called Consenting Adults. <laughs> That's a good name. I, and I, I, it's more of it like it's kind of the Office Space style humor because you see where this guy is working. His job sucks. He's just surrounded by cubicles with people doing the same thing. Oh God, yes, yeah, you're right. Very Office Space. They all have to dress that certain way and just this like uh endless depressing bill and and to then think that that's a better situation for workers 25 years ago than it is now it's true nobody's uh, hiring americans to do this work anymore yeah. no one's paying a livable american wage for this like they don't they found they found it's cheaper <laughs> and can export that misery to people who aren't in america hank yeah. uh, i think thinks this kind of conversation is illegal because he goes this is an interstate phone line that's so funny. like <laughs> this this chatter going across state lines uh, is illegal and yeah, cuffs and collars, rug burn, jailbait. Uh, well, jailbait is very direct, but yeah. the, the comedy writers love writing porno names. You know, it's a, it's an attempt to be both bawdy, as our, our pals on Podcast Ride would say, and clever, you know? And <laughs> to push the envelope on what you can do on Fox at 8.30 on Sunday. Yeah. And they get they go pretty far. Oh, man. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a couple. But yeah, I mean, Rugburn already is like, okay, I think I, I think we all get what <laughs> that means. Don't watch Rugburn 2. <laughs> um, uh, Hank is like, how did you get this number? And he's like, well, I can't tell you that, but I can tell you we have a wider <laughs> selection and lower prices than Arlen Video. And that's when uh, Hank goes, Arlen Video told you I rented pornography? And that's when every <laughs> Everybody appears in the doorway and Hank is just like, uh, who plays the most hits? Why 104? <laughs> and he's trying to he's trying to play it off like the, the radio station pranked him. He's like, that's oh, a, that crazy morning zoo. That's uh, a smart turn by Hank there. He's like, okay, just pretend it was yeah. a prank. But yeah, poor poor Hank. He must be humiliated and degraded by life. And yeah, I, then the way it's it's too ambitious for TV. They I think they do a fine job with it. But having a full turnaround on the telemarketer like it's, yeah it's like five frames of it and it still works but yeah they needed more frames and that's expensive but they do a full turnaround and then we go past his head to see the computer he's saving hank's info <laughs> and then we see the process of what happens next he's feeding like, the beast to think you'd even have to press save on the beast now it's yeah like, no you can't it it saved it for the second you typed a, a letter you, like you yeah. can't tell it not to save yeah <laughs> so we cut to a location printing out hundreds of address labels for hank we see that his zip code is the same as austin's zip code oh wow well, that really did drives home where this is. He doesn't live anywhere near Austin. No, no, no. He would want to keep it. He would want to do the opposite of keep Austin weird. He's keeping his distance from Austin. <laughs> and hey, if that's where if that's where fucking Tesla and Joe Rogan are, I I'm fine with that. Yeah. Although I feel bad for the people in Austin. Hey, yeah. Uh, they they got to be too cool. That's their problem. It's the danger. Hey, SF sucks way worse. It got turned even worse. That's true. You know? Yeah. But we're moving on to uh, the cargo. It's being offloaded onto a mail truck. And then we cut to the Hills mailbox stuff with letters. There's so many things. There's just like packages piled below it. And there's a cut joke that I'm glad they cut. It's like kind of gross where yes. after all of this machinery is in place, uh, the final part of the process is some shirtless guy in a dark room pops a CD ROM in and he like selects Hank's address and then digs something out of his belly button. Ugh, yeah. So it just shows you how uh, both high tech and low tech this uh, effort is to market to Hank. It's uh, it's a clever idea, but yeah, too, too gross kind of derails this uh, sex thing. The, the comedy of the sex thing to make you have to look at some gross shirtless guy 
guy picking at his belly button. You know. Before we get to the scene where Hank is in front of the mailbox, there's a big cut scene, and uh, Billy West is in this episode. Oh, I don't. Right. I don't like when Billy West is in King of the Hill because his voice is too cartoony for this kind of low key show. But at one point in the episode, Hank was going to see a lawyer, and this is all preserved on the DVD in animatic form. And uh, we cut to the office. It's about a one minute or ninety second scene where Hank complains to this lawyer. He's getting harassing phone calls at work. He thinks it's spreading, and Peggy's like, "Yeah, I tried to use the ATM t- uh, today, and it gave me instructions in Espanolish." <laughs> so uh, That's making almost too stupid for her to say Espanolish. <laughs> There's a very good uh, line from the lawyer where he replies, "I don't think I can help you. I know I might be able to help you." So <laughs> that's a good that's a that's a good uh, line from him. I I also I love how Hank. Uh, I remember this now where Hank says. I came here because your Yellow Pages ad had a woman saying, we can help you. But now I see that, like, we can't help you. And the woman is you. Yeah, that, that's when the scene escalates. He does explain to Hank, okay, I can get this under control, Hank. But first, you need to control your spending habits. A man with your salary and a narrow urethra should not be renting more than one explicit sex tape a month. <laughs> oh, if... <laughs> I is that why Hank doesn't masturbate as much either because of his narrow urethra it could that be. it's less enjoyable for him this perhaps? lawyer is making a medical evaluation wow. but Peggy wants to know like well how do you know all this stuff and he is he's informing Hank more about the beast like anytime you make any transaction even order a pizza it's logged somewhere and Peggy's like oh even a plain pizza <laughs> so she's like interested in knowing about this uh, that's so funny it's not creeping her out she's like wow that's so fascinating yeah and, and this scene ends with uh, the lawyer saying well Mr. Hill you can't fight the computers he's like oh yeah and he unplugs a plug from the wall and it's not the computer plug and peggy just goes oh hank and she does it herself <laughs> unplugs the computer uh you know i can see why it was clearly cut for time but it was a real funny scene yeah yeah i mean just again hank's trying everything i guess this would explain why he represents himself later instead of going which seems dale level crazy for yeah. him to do but. well you you think that um he hates lawyers because of the the, the crack episode right he just right. does not like to be put in that position and i'm sure he hates anything involving lawyers that's true that lawyer did tell him to plead guilty to a thing he didn't do yeah, yeah and again true. he should pay the 40 dollars. That, that's <laughs> what the lawyer's advice is he, yeah. he's going to pay the lawyer a lot of money to be told to, to pay 40 dollars. <laughs> yeah i know that this it's such a beautiful story that it's all just forty dollars it would it's all he has to do is just admit just pay the forty dollars but he can't do it his pride his pride so meanwhile uh bill is shocked by the amount of pornography (laughs) piling up under hank's mailbox shame on you hank hill what you do in the privacy of your own home is disgusting enough but to let it (laughs) spill out into our streets where my future children will someday play well that is going too far shame shame I would like the luxury of vomiting on myself right now, but I don't have any clean clothes to change into. Would you just pay the bill so I can get a new dryer? It's too late. The beast's already got him in its jaws. Your only way out is to start life over with a new identity. If you want, I can get you the birth certificate of a child who died in 1953. It's hardly been used. No, I am not a quitter. Who's not a quitter? My dead friend Hank Hill? Or my new friend, Rusty Shackelford. Look, just help me get this smut back to the post office. Bobby! Do 
Do not get off the bus! Look at all those cards and gifts. <laughs> this is going to be the best birthday ever. <laughs> so that clip uh, has the debut of Rusty Shackelford. Woo! Ooh, a running wow. joke in Dale's alias. We love Rusty Shackleford. Yeah. It's such a great it's, name. It's an amazing fake name. <laughs> you know, it's a great fake name, but if it wasn't Johnny Hardwick saying Rusty Shackleford, like we probably wouldn't remember it half as much. It's a great reading of that crazy name. <laughs> Rusty Shackleford. I mean, that probably sold the joke in the room of him saying like Rusty Shackleford. I want to know the entire <laughs> list of names that was read out in that room. Oh, so good. And yeah, that to find out that in season 11, they finally did an episode of like, you know what? There's a real Rusty Shackleford. That's right. Yeah. Right. Uh, he cl- comes back to claim his identity. I didn't realize it was so. I had to look that up on the wiki. I was like, oh, wow. That was that was that late in the series. There, there's one cut joke from the mailbox scene in which Hank is horrified that the mailman also saw this. Oh, I wish they'd have kept that. He's like, who else saw this? Well, the mailman. God. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, of course, the mailman delivered it. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to be shamed in front of the mailman. I also love Bill. Again, Bill protesting too much, but his saying like, like where my future children will someday play it's it's a great version of that like whatever you do in your house is fine he's like no what what you do in your house is disgusting yeah it's disgusting enough yeah yeah it's so good uh this is pre-peggy uh crush bill yeah it's true he's not imagining his future life with peggy yet yeah he can't say what you want to you want to leave peggy and leave her all alone i can't let that happen (laughs) so they go to the post office next uh dale and boomhauer there uh he's trying to return everything trying to get uh, his equipment as he calls it (laughs) magazines and uh, equipment yeah so i i do think though i get that some free things would be sent to you like mainly though catalogs like actually at that video store uh i'd say quarterly there was a porno ordering catalog that would get sent i saw that a couple times but uh but actually sending like plugs or mm. wands and whatnot, like those things aren't cheap. You don't just say, I could see maybe one or two companies would say, if we send it to him and he doesn't uh, pay us for it, that we can bill him later or something, maybe. Mm. But well, I would think you just get uh, a catalog, not the actual item. Yeah, I, I guess this is an era in which you were sent free samples in the mail. That's true, yeah. You could feel three kinds of softness. <laughs> but those massaging ones, those weren't cheap. Yeah, you know, they or weren't... maybe they were and they just like scalded you or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it was a very cheap version <laughs> being sent to Hank, perhaps. <laughs> but the clerk uh, can give Hank no real answers. Uh, he's like, you just need to cop. You need to contact the company you buy your pornography from. Uh, I think it's a great extra humiliation to Hank that when he gets to the front of the line with his arms full of pornography, it is an attractive young woman. He has yeah. to say it to like, it's also extra humiliating. And uh, uh, he gets outraged that she's accusing him of buying pornography. Yeah. So the lady gives him a form saying, you know, fill this out. We'll put your information in the computer. And then Dale's like, no forms, no computers. We were never here. <laughs> Don't feed the beast. I love that. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, in his case, he's like, yeah, more forms aren't going to help you. Hank. It'll just make it worse. But mm-hmm. he just, and just are saying like, well, we can't work the post office we can't remove you from a mailing list we just uh, have the things and we give them to you that's our job and uh, uh, the last shame is an old lady asks uh, Hank if he wants to prolong his lovemaking pleasure for just pennies a night. She's reading <laughs> from the box like, Mr. Hank Hill. Uh, man. And he he warns us, but we didn't listen. He said it could be you or you next time. And yes, we all, you know, the of, of mail that I get that annoys me. 
it really just is, and it annoys me in just that it feels wasteful. I, uh, this is not me bragging, but I did give to some charities, especially Ooh, in the last few years. College boy. <laughs> and uh, like food banks or Trans Lifeline or um, Southern Poverty Law Center. And I swear they spend more money on sending me letters to ask for more money than they did. Like they spent the entire amount of money I gave them on sending me more letters for it. Uh, right. Yeah, we we talked about phones earlier. Uh, when I get a text, it's either uh, spam or Bernie Sanders uh, texting me for uh, donations. Not him literally, but uh, like whatever place has my number that I gave to. Don't get me started on that, man. I gave, I happily gave Bernie 2020 money. And then I know that's the only reason I'm getting texts of like, hey, I'm a shitty Democrat. Do you, can you help <laughs> us save the, I'm like, oh, God damn it, Bernie. There's a new most important election every week. Yes. Yeah. It's that, which I, they are important. Yes. I know. I know. But yeah. But uh, Hank <laughs> takes a stand in our next clip. Don't you people understand if I don't fight, someday it could be your name on these plugs. <laughs> I'm doing this for all of you. Do you know this guy? No dadgum way, man. It's just some dirty old man hanging around sex toys. Back in my place, if you're interested. Boomhauer? <laughs> no. I can do without Bill by my side. He brings nothing to this fight. But you? <laughs> you should have seen this coming, Hank. One by one, your friends will desert you. I'll be next. <laughs> now dale this stuff about the beast you made all that up right <laughs> of course you did oh no everything has been foretold in the book of revelations uh you just stepped in a diaper <laughs> damn it it's the vice squad they must have followed us quick dale bury the dale oh <sighs> uh, sir this is municipal dump all garbage must Wait a minute. This super glide is oil based. That's a petroleum byproduct. You can't throw that out here. Same with the batteries in your vibrator. This is not my. And it's not a. It's a wand massager. It says so right on the box. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like, I read that box like a thousand tiny butterflies urging you to let go. And uh, I was kind of shocked in 1998 they could say vibrator. Yeah. On, I am shocked. On a show like this. Man, on a cartoon. I, uh, definitely in Florida at the Spencer's Gifts, I remember my friend who worked there would joke of like, yes, we have a lot of, we have several massaging wands we sell. You know, this is Hitachi's. Mm -hmm. They're not yeah. used for backs. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it rubs it out great in your back you know really rubs it down it'll just blast those muscles yeah uh, but <laughs> you know also that when they talked about the chuck mangione credit card i also love the typeface on oh that. yeah was so good. yeah six months with zero percent interest feels so good he's such a shill but he'll get exploded <laughs> soon uh, but but yeah everything was foretold in the book of revelations uh, he just stepped in a diaper <laughs> and uh dale does abandon him next as he predicted <laughs> yeah that's uh it's also funny hank says like uh you know bill brings nothing it's like no bill actually secretly oh, is your true. best friend in this thing he has not gotten the tapes yet uh but yeah again this the only thing that feels different from 90s america to 20s america is this cop wouldn't know the rules he would just say well you can't do this like yeah. don't go away like they wouldn't cite rules or say like this actually feels more like a 90s libertarian thing of like hey you can't fish here you don't have a fishing license or it's illegal this is a garbage dump but technically this garbage can't be here it has to be there like which i'm not saying there are rules like that but 
I don't feel like they're enforced. Like I feel like I could I could pour oil straight into a sewer in front of a cop and the cop would just be like, eh, I think in this case for this scene, it's the cop is identifying items and making Hank even more embarrassed. He's not just saying you can't bury that here. He's like, Well, look at this uh, lubricant, look at <laughs> this true. dildo you have. That's true, yeah. It's bringing up the, the oil based lubricant, which you know, water based is a smarter uh tool. That's I'd true. Say. What are you doing, yeah. people? Yeah, come on. Figure it out. <laughs> I guess you know it's the cheap ones getting sent to Hank here. That's he's, he's getting the cheap oil based though perhaps in 1998 the technology wasn't as good for water loop is so advanced these days (laughs) ask your local loop salesman for more information uh Uh, there's another mention of a computer because uh the cop asked for hank's license like i'm gonna run you through the computer and hank is like computer hank lies he says he doesn't have his license and i like how subtle this joke is because he's like but i can tell you as i was born in 1953 as a child i was quite ill uh, he doesn't say my name is rusty shackleford which would be a cheaper way to make that same joke which is funny but i like how it's dancing upon him admitting he's rusty shackle just in case he needs to use it i mean also too this shows you how far hank has been pushed he's running from the police and evading yeah. arrest this is not this is, what hank would do normally. i think this is like a pretty bold move for hank at this point yeah. in the series uh and i guess too this is where i remember another deleted scene from it that showed the line of what's too dirty for fox uh yeah. for sure there's one more scene like that that they will end up revising to be uh less dirty but in the cut scene the foam the sex foam he sprays doesn't work so he pulls out uh benoit balls behind <laughs> him and scatters them and the mix of the balls and the foam mm. causes the cop to slip i didn't know what uh, benoit balls are you put them in your vagina. Mm, That's what they are. I I know it as a word. Yes, yeah. I, I didn't but, know it as a word. I'm like <laughs> I've never I've never heard of this in my life. Uh, though I mean the the foam's slippery enough to explain the cop slipping and falling. But, but yeah, yeah, that felt like a line in the sand for Fox. Like we're not. <laughs> you can say massage or you can say vibrator. We're not having Benoit balls. Benoit in the balls too specific. Yes. <laughs> we're back in Luann's room. Uh, her hair is fully braided, and she is doing like surprise party training with Bobby, where Bobby is like trying. To figure out how to react like how long have you been planning this oh my oh, gosh so good and then you know what that practice shows off in the later bits of him going like, like yeah. that sound he makes that that's i guess what her, him and luann agreed upon was the best like i'm surprised noise that's a great noise by pamela adlon <laughs> I, I might play it again later mm. And yeah, that's what that little scene is about. And then we cut to Peggy. She's having a great time driving along to uh, Juice Newton's Queen of Hearts. And uh, look up the video. It's very fun. It is fun. I I did look up that. I never watched the video before. It's a lot of fun. And she's she's very cute. I also love like Peggy. I mean, it is so perfect character thing of like Peggy is a woman who listens to a woman singing a country song and, and excitedly sings along like, but says the words wrong like yeah. i also love that like peggy says you know she isn't very smart but know. it's actually knowing it ain't really smart i know she just like but it's one of those things like oh yeah uh, uh it's there's a bathroom on the right and not a bad mood on the rising it's just you you hear these in the pre-google world you just you don't have lyric sheets you can't just Google's killing lyric websites, by the way. Now, yeah. if you just search song lyrics, Google just puts them there. You don't even have to click on the website. Mm. It's killing them. I'm, yeah, I don't I, like that. I even noticed that with like, I wanted to look up old articles I did uh, for a website you shouldn't go to. But on that website, I did do and got SEO rank on like best Spider-Man games. And when I Google that now, 
it just tells me what the 10 are at the top. Yeah. Like the 10 best Spider-Man games in this is like, they're not even clicking on my It article. gives you a summary. Like, don't go to that website. Read the summary <laughs> instead. Yeah, here's the list now. Or or same with videos. It's like, oh, this video that said 10, here's each video uh, like pointed. It's Google, uh, It's uh, the, the beast has changed <laughs> quite a lot in this time. I, I would jam out to Queen of Hearts in uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because oh, yeah. it was on the country station. I'd say it's a, it's a classic. I'd say it's a classic. Mm-hmm. By, by old Juice Newton. So she stops and pulls over when she sees Hank standing in the bed of his truck covered in dump stains <laughs> and holding a sign that says Boycott Arlen Video. And I love uh, this camera move, which is like sophisticated for the show because uh, the what we see of Hank uh, when it's established is we see him through the window of the truck. Or sorry, we see him through the window of the car. The car stops. Peggy gets out. The camera stays in the car as she walks up to Hank. Yeah. And the first few words of the scene are muffled because the camera is inside of the car still. That is really good. Yeah. That's very that is very ambitious camera work there. I love that. And yeah, I mean, then seeing Hank as such a perfect crank who looks like. Uh, one of a million people you see in the internet videos these days on Karen accounts, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Or protesting in front of the gates of Walt Disneyland. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, he lo- he just looks like d- disgusting. He's got a clipboard around his neck oh, and so uh, he's boycotting Arlen video. But yeah, Hank is taking a stand. Hank Hill, I want you to get in the car right now before the whole town sees you. No, I am not a quitter and I don't rent pornography. I'm begging you, Hank. Pay the $40. We will buy a new dryer and you can finally change your underwear. Honey, it's the right thing to do. Not until I prove my innocence once and for all. That's why I'm taking Arlen Video to small claims court, Peggy. I'm putting the whole system on trial. You have not heard a word I've said. What do I have to do to get through to you? Do I have to take off my shirt and dance like the women in your movies? I don't rent those movies. Hank, if you want to keep up your silly little battle then you go it alone. I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> so even his wife won't be on his Abandoned side here. by everyone at the end. He's his darkest hour at the end of that <laughs> too. I, especially I love the, the parting shot of him just in the dark in front of the closed Arlen video. That's, uh, but I also just love, I love that line by Peggy because it implies such innocence. Like she also doesn't know actually what porno is. She thinks it's like, Oh, should I take off my shirt and dance like the women in your movies? Which she, she thinks like, Oh, it's just like filmed strippers perhaps like that. She doesn't seem to think much more than that. happens. It's like dancing girls. Yeah. Uh, I remember like I, I had seen pornography at this point and I think the topic came up, not, not me seeing it, but the idea of pornography came up with my mom and she was like, well, they don't actually have sex in those movies. Right. And I was like, uh, no, no, they what? certainly don't. Wow. That's how innocent. Yes. Yeah. That's so crazy. Like, uh, no, I, I fortunately never really had to talk about, you never talk about porno porn. with your mom. You know, no, she did say like, she would comment on erotic thrillers mm. in th- theaters about like, well, you're not getting to see that kind of thing. But yeah, it. Uh, I kept I kept that pretty private. <laughs> I don't think I brought it up. No, no. My mom, I think the close I can remember, my mom mentioning that she saw the independent film Sirens and was shocked by how many naked women there were mm. in it, which that's, uh, it's like a Hugh Grant uh, and... Who else is in it? Portia de Rossi. And uh, I think people rented it because like there's some some supermodel does like her first nude scene okay. or whatever. But they used anyway. to be a draw. It used yeah. to be a draw in a simpler time. <laughs> in a pre. I mean, also all these jokes about like nudity and stuff. This is the pre Mr. Skin era, which was yeah. like you'd have to you'd be told 
rent the movie sirens you'll see that supermodel naked instead of just be like well just go to mr skin and find the 40 seconds that that actress is naked well, and, and do your business speaking of the b uh, the, the speaking of the beast it's now it's like well this actress was never naked in a movie but we hacked her phone yes. so there's oh. all of her nudes there no that's horrible yes that, that's so horrible i'm not i don't approve of that by the way no that's that's awful i feel very but bad that's for... just how easy that's all your data is just available for anyone if you yeah. if anyone tries hard enough to get it no that's been the most depressing one of those uh, the thing i talked about later uh, previously of doing like podcast research on a celebrity and then seeing naked pictures when i'm trying to find information yeah. on them. Uh, i feel the worst of like i've seen those hacked pictures in there too i was like i never wanted to see these google yes. should not be hosting these things it's a fucking crime yeah it's like revenge porn yeah, it's horrible yes. i'm not yes. blaming the victims by the way you should be able to take as many pictures of your butthole as you want to exactly. without anyone leaking them yeah 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 that's that's what cameras are for it's a filthy episode of our podcast <laughs> hey it's behind the paywall yeah you it's know? true yeah. It's, it's their fault they made it about porno <laughs> yeah. porno 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 uh act three begins hank is sleeping on a chair in front of his mailbox uh he's got a sign that says honk if you hate arlen video He's woken up by one honk, and Dale is feeling very bad for Hank because his trial is tomorrow. All he has is six honks and one signature, and that's on his leg. <laughs> Dang, tagger. So somebody graffito tagged Hank Hill uh, while and, he was sleep- sleeping. And, and I love that uh, Peggy has joined them in the drinking. Like, she's, uh, this whole thing is frustrating her, too. <laughs> yeah, she adds her, oh, yeah, to the, <laughs> yep, yep, mm-hmm. Uh, it's really sad. All he wanted was for his clothes to be dry. And Hank thinks he's got a supporter. He hears three honks, but it turns out to just be uh, John Redcorn there to pick up Nancy. Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar is playing, and Dale laughs at Hank. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. so funny. He thinks, thinks Redcorn is approving of him when he's just like saying, Nancy, come out here. We're going we're gonna we're gonna to go fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and Dale thinks the joke is on Hank. That's so fucking funny. So the next scene is uh, someone leaves a stack of tapes on the Hill's uh, welcome mat. Wearing and little white gloves to not leave fingerprints. That's true. Very smart of Bill. And he rings the bell. The The tapes are cuffs and collars, jailbait, hung jury, <laughs> and illegal entry. And Bobby is the one who opens the door and he gets the wrong idea in our next clip. Got me. There's cuffs and collars oh, and a whole bunch of other cop movies. Jailbait, hung jury. How dare you try to expose my son to these uh, police tapes that are so <laughs> degrading to uh, law enforcement officials. You never saw these. Gotcha. It's a surprise. Don't worry, I didn't read the card. I believe you, Hank. The answer is in the tapes. A friend. Hmm. I need these back when you're done. A friend. <laughs> I, I love that uh, second part of the note where it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to help you, but I, porn is expensive. Yeah, this stuff's expensive. It's part of my collection, too. I, You know what? Thanks to the Supreme Court ruling not too long after this episode... Uh, titles like illegal entry don't work anymore because sodomy laws were finally struck down oh that's what that's a reference to okay yes yes uh yeah i mean you know it goes uh it's not just a gay thing was that like 2003 or something i feel like it was three or something yeah which was um insane it took that long and then it would be another like 11 years to till gay marriage but fortunately after that no more homophobia mainstreamed in America. It was all wiped out, thankfully. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a cut joke in this scene. Before Bobby enters, Hank is going over paperwork, and we find out that he's done a credit check 
on every employee of Arlen Video, he finds out that one of them has a Japanese car and he goes, I can use that. <laughs> that's a great line. So that's just damning uh, evidence. Uh, yeah, like a lot of places in America, prob- prob- there's probably still places like that. But in my hometown, if you had a Japanese car, it was a scandal. It was just like, oh, they've got good. a foreign car. <laughs> Maybe Hank thought it would help him with the jury, uh, yeah. the, the character thing against Yeah, it's him. like, would you trust a man with a Japanese car? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and not in Texas. No way. <laughs> And uh, well, yeah, Honda is a great car. I love. If I ever own a car again, it'll be a Honda. If I ever owned a car ever, it would probably be a uh, Japanese car at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, so Hank locks the door, closes the blinds, unplugs the phone in Luann's room. He's doing this all in Luann's room. <laughs> that makes it extra funny that it's like he's doing this dirty business on Luann's bed. Yeah. And that he also has to put down that he's like, I can't let my family photos see this and witness this. <laughs> it's a great touch because they never took a family photo with Luann. So Luann has taken taped her head to a picture of hank peggy and bobby oh, that's so good. a picture of her and head that's so funny that it's such a sad little thing about her <laughs> and uh, uh hank sighs he pops in cuffs and collars then we cut to him grimacing and cringing at this plumber sex scene at the start of it like from the dialogue people are seemingly still clothed like it hasn't they say like well i'll show you where the leak is well like, that could be where Bill left off. That's oh, that's true. I'm not even thinking about this in VHS yeah. uh, terms. You know what? Maybe, rewind. Be kind. Rewind. Maybe Bill actually uh, left him at the best parts to mm. lead him to it. He's like, if you just hit play on here instead of rewinding, you'll get to the key scene. We don't know how long this took because a very funny joke covers that up. It's yes. one of the most subtle and clever oh, I love jokes. This joke so much. That's now very anachronistic, and it's hard to explain to modern people, but. An amazing time cut joke. Normally, you cut to a clock, you fade to a later time. The clock is blinking 12 on the VCR because no one said it. We can't, We cut from it flashing 12 to it flashing 12 more. <laughs> so there's a time cut, but we don't, know, we don't know what time it is because no one set the VCR clock. Yeah, that's so great. That's so... Yeah, like, and Hank is just the type who would never set his VCR clock. That's so funny. I think, you know... When I got my own VCR, I did finally set the clock. But when it was the family VCR, I don't think it ever got set. Oh, I was the clock setter because (laughs) I was recording things using the timer. Oh, I see. And I had to make sure that thing worked. (laughs) But yeah, this is an era in which... a clock would flash 12 if you didn't set it to remind you like hey this is annoying you must set me my grandma uh, didn't set her vcr clock what she did was put a piece of tape over that <laughs> so she didn't have to see it oh that's adorable man yeah. you know and now i'd say the equivalent today is coming home and seeing that your parents uh still have on motion smoothing on their tv when it's like god damn it, i turned this off the last time <laughs> i was here this is the wrong way to watch television. some other child must have changed this uh you know also speaking uh i'm gonna steal a joke from the comedian howard kramer in he has a joke about working at a video store that rented vhs's of pornography and he said that when you would get the tape back from guys you would know mm-hmm. what moment they finished because like if you hit play on it without rewinding you're like oh that's when he finished <laughs> like that's it was information you didn't want to know but could know curves don't rewind <laughs> yeah oh actually like the two best jokes uh are back to back because we get the time cut joke that that makes no sense because there's no real like time passing that we can <laughs> right. tell and then there's a great great joke 
that I didn't get the first time I watched Me it. Me neither. Uh, but uh, in my in my 20s, I got it. So Hank's pen gets clogged while taking notes during this cop sex scene. And uh, he's shaking his pen to try to get the ink flowing again. <laughs> and that's when Peggy opens the door. Uh, she sees Hank doing this and she goes, Bobby, for the love of God, get out of the house. And Bobby just goes, okay. Oh, okay. So in the deleted scene version of this, there's an animatic version that's much dirtier because in the final version of this scene, we don't see what Peggy is seeing. Mm-hmm. We just see, uh, you know, the view, the camera pointing at Hank and him shaking the pen. We just imagine Peggy thinks he's jerking off. Yes, but yeah. in the animatic version, we see Peggy's perspective and it is Hank looking like he's jerking <laughs> off. A, the wrist action. He, yeah. is, he is hunched over at the edge of his bed. Wrist action. And it is more of a jerk off maneuver. Uh, I think they tone down even the handshaking I think to make so. it like less of an explicit jerk off motion. But it's enough to sell the dirtiest joke on Fox <laughs> at that point, I think. In the pre-Family Guy yeah. era of Fox. Yeah, I think I, they could be the dirtiest ever. I, I would bet there was a negotiation with the censors of like, his wrist can move twice, but not three times, or yeah. something like that. A very careful dance. But this was on like after the Simpsons. I know. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so, so funny and dirty. And that again, Peggy is scandalized that Hank is, ma- uh, is seemingly masturbating. It's so funny. But, yeah. Again, this episode ends, it's not commented upon, but Peggy thinks Hank was jerking off yeah. and that he's a porn freak, which he is. I mean, he is watching the porn. He is seeing yeah. people fuck in front of him, which he's, I like that. He never enjoys it, but eventually he starts to watch it with a detective's eye. Yeah. You know? Oh. He's, he's on the case uh, so uh, what Bobby does he leaves the house to go to uh, I mean this joke pays off plot wise oh, because so she says good. Bobby get out of the house so he goes to where <laughs> Luann is at the Arlen Beauty Academy Bobby uh, is getting his buzz cut trimmed by Luann he doesn't really need a haircut no. <laughs> but he tells Luann like oh yeah they told me to stay away for three hours so they must be putting together my birthday party <laughs> I love that she goes like I'm still supposed to charge you for the shampoo my god so good <laughs> so it's, it's, like it's free haircuts on your birthday but nothing uh, else is free not great training for her as a barber though I think I feel like anybody can buzz cut somebody's head <laughs> yeah but, uh, you know this is why she didn't uh, stick around at beauty school also it's it's not good she's too good for beauty school yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but in our next clip here, Hank finds a clue. Here, let me hold that. Thanks, officer. Say, are you a mounted police? Not yet. But a girl, a girl can dream. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you are hereby ordered to pay damages in the amount of a dollar fifty and return the plane of sunglasses. <laughs> Next case, Hank Hill versus Arlen Video. Mr. Hill, you allege that you have been the target of systematic harassment at the hands of a major international computer conspiracy known as The Beast. That is correct, Your Honor. Mr. Hill, why don't you just pay the $40? Because I did not rent the tape, and I can prove it. I love uh, Court Scenes and King of the Hill. The one I'm thinking of uh, that I like even more than this one is the uh, the low flow toilet episode. Oh right, where right. Hank has to prove they're not efficient, and by doing so, he's outing Peggy as taking huge dumps. <laughs> right. Oh god, that's such a good one. I forgot. Like some that of us one. have to flush seven times. Oh fuck, that's funny. Yeah, and that's that he has to humiliate his wife again. I mean, that's an even more heightened version of this of like to just. Uh, to to prove he is right, he must degrade himself. Like <laughs> it's such 
a great comedic idea where to prove that he is not like a, a, a newbie to porn, he has to prove how much he knows about it. I know. Like, yeah. To prove I re- didn't rent the tape, I will tell you everything about that movie. It's so, ah, oh God, it, this is where it really paid off so much to me. I'm like, oh, this is a 10 times smarter joke than I thought too. But just so great that like everybody's humiliated at this court case even uh, everyone else is looking at him like god this man's insane he's even talking about the beast to a <laughs> small claims court judge which is uh that that was what a commenter let us know about when we talked about judge judy's like yeah you know yes these judge shows take advantage of people but seriously small claims court is perfect for television drama because it's probably two different cranks who both think they're right and they're that's the kind of person you want to put a camera in front and of. And most people that don't have big personalities aren't going to go to small claims court. They're just going to say, oh, forget it. Who yeah. cares? They it's not worth it. They would have paid the 40 yeah. bucks. Yeah. They would have. Uh, Hank is giving up hours of his life, days, to prove this rather than pay $40 on a thing. That's so good. And uh, by the way, the judge uh, in a very small role is played by the late Lynn Thigpen. She was in a ton of stuff, a character actor, but we know her best as the chief thank you in the okay. early 90s kids game show where in what the world is carmen san diego all so right that was Th- her thank you bob because i actually as you were t- you maybe saw me you typing i went to the imdb for this because i was like wait isn't that the chief it's the and chief yeah, yeah there she is right there man it didn't imagine, hit me during the episode imagine she's talking to gumshoes <laughs> and not hank uh it's funny this is her in her much more buttoned down role than saying like listen gumshoe like i by the way carl tart does one of the funniest impressions of the chief out there. He oh, does, really? He he plays on Comedy Bang Bang, that comedy podcast. He he has done the chief character and really? it's very funny. I'm sure Scott Ackerman is just confused. <laughs> yes, yeah, because it's a 90s reference and he is, uh, he was like 25 when that series, <laughs> he was writing for Mr. Show when that show was on TV. There's a great uh, Defunct Land episode about that series. Oh, yeah. If you want to learn more about it. But I really liked good. it as a kid. I didn't know I was secretly learning. <laughs> that thick pit lady, she, she, ties it all together if you take the chief out of that i mean the host is also really good too but i think the chief you need the chief ordering around these kids tell I these gumshoes what to do can't even think of what the host looks like it's all about the chief for me and the yeah. cartoon villains he's like a white guy with a uh kind of an eddie munster while just a, a high forehead okay I, say. I remember a hat on that man sure he'd wear a hat too mm. when of course we all remember rockapella oh we geez how could we forget <laughs> but anyway so uh bobby and luann they've returned home nobody is there there's no one parked out Outside. Bobby doesn't know where the magician could have parked. <laughs> oh, that's so good. This and whole sequence is so fucking funny. Yeah, oh. I, I want to hear the sound again. Yes. <laughs> that sharp, <laughs> like, bleh. That's so good. And just also the animation on, like, how he jumps in, like, bleh. Like his hands out, like kind of crouched over. It, oh. Like just like the court scene, it's such a great comedic device because Bobby is not only expecting a surprise party, he is going to be the surpriser. Yes, he is the yeah. one jumping into a room. <laughs> so good. He uh, should be the one being taken by surprise, but it says he's the one jumping in right. to surprise people. He needs to walk in normally instead yeah. of going, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it actually ruins the surprise. Wow, you're right. He's getting this even more. It's, I, it's backwards. Uh, I think my favorite uh like classic king of the hill not paying off a joke kind of comedy of nobody's there it's obvious no (laughs) one's there he gets in his room and when he goes up to his closet puts his ear to the door he like knowingly smiles to luann like i definitely (laughs) hear people in here and And starts opening it then we cut uh, to the courtroom so good you don't even get to see his disappointment but just the smile on his face when 
we know there's no one in there, but he thinks there is. It's so good. It's it's great that by the end, and we'll get to it, uh, he still thinks this has all been planned out for him. <laughs> yes. It's all been a big mislead. And it all pays off. Uh, none. He learned nothing about pornography. He <laughs> stayed innocent. So in our next clip here, Hank delivers some porn facts. Cuffs and collars. The tape I never rented. 68 minutes into the film, actress Dee Dee Cup bends over to shoe her horse. Now, if you pause the tape and look closely, you can just make out a tattoo on Dee Dee's left buttock that reads, I heart Charlie Sheen. Mrs. Cup also makes an uncredited cameo in Jailbait, a tape which marks veteran porn star Fernanda Valley's return to the adult film industry on the occasion of her 18th birthday. Now, at the 70-minute mark, Dee Dee bends over to shoe a donkey, what do we see on her left buttock? Nothing. There is no tattoo. This can only mean that jailbait was made before cuffs and collars. Now, why is this important? Because Fernanda Valley turned 18 on July 5th, two weeks after I supposedly rented cuffs and collars. <gasps> Is it possible that I walked into Arlen Video on June 23rd and rented a movie that didn't even exist? I think not. Uh, that's so great. wonderful. I like how it gets smoked. Like, is it possible? Is it possible? That's that, so I mean, good. now, Hank, uh, okay, so the the funniest part of that is like, the, uh, let's talk about the tape I didn't rent. So 68 minutes into the movie. <laughs> so perfect. So perfect. Yeah, it's so funny. And man, the way he... I, I mean, the names are funny too, like DD Cup, which should be like Double D Cup, not D. And then also the uh, Fernanda Valley, meaning it's because in the Fernando San Fernando Valley is where a lot of pornography is filmed. So the person's fake porno name is Fernanda Valley. They're very good. Yeah, they're great. And then I think too the 18th birthday joke is also a very dark one. But yeah, I think it's a, a reference to Tracy Lord. It absolutely is. Yeah, uh, I share a birthday with Tracy Lords. Wow, how do you like that? Yeah, <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday, Tracy! It yeah. happened this month. <laughs> in case you don't know, Tracy Lords was she started a bunch of porn. Uh, saying she was of age. Then when she turned 18, revealed that she filmed all that porn illegally and thus making her uh, previous pornography actual crimes. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a big deal. I believe it, uh, you know, it was like porn front page news for a time. And now I think it caused, at least in the American porn industry, uh, a lot more checking of uh, IDs and making sure someone is definitely and lots 18. of disclaimers. And, you know, older boys told me this, but often they will show the date they filmed it. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. In the, I mean, if you're watching a full porno tape, you'll see that at the start. But in our in our on-demand clips world, it's so convenient now. Uh -huh. You're not seeing that. You're not seeing dates and times. <laughs> I need hard evidence. Also, <laughs> hard uh, evidence. Uh oh, you say. that's the name of another movie. <laughs> and also, um, mention of Charlie Sheen. This yes. is like 15 years before the Tiger Blood era. That's true. And then it's not funny anymore because he has HIV. So that is sad. The Charlie yeah. Sheen jokes aren't really uh, doing it for me anymore. <laughs> but the gag that yes, Charlie Sheen was good friends with this poor uh, this porn actress and but you know i actually was uh i was just watching a wrestler video uh a real one this is pornography i'm talking about a pro wrestler but he's friends with this woman who just appeared in the background of the video 
that I didn't notice, but all the comments were like, whoa, that's the, this porn star lady. He, she knows him. I was like, oh, well, how do you like that? All the, <laughs> so the wrestling, was it wrestling? This was an actual professional wrestler. This is okay. not wrestling porn, which is also a thing. Now, I was going to say, uh, do the wrestling and pornography worlds cross over a lot? I, I think they know each other. Well, as I did slight amount of research, this actress, Ryan Keeley, uh, she has been in wrestling pornography. Mm. So I wonder if she got trained by actual wrestlers and that that's how she befriended them i see uh, but but i think she actually she there i then found a picture of her with uh a, at an event uh, a wrestling event with minoru suzuki who's like one of the most hardcore japanese wrestlers around so i was like oh she's a real fan if she's hmm. getting pics with minoru suzuki but anyway so i wonder what uh industry treats the employees worse porn or wrestling oh boy tough you know i bet the in wrestling, I bet the highest paid persons get more than the highest paid porn star. Mm. I bet. I, think. I would hope so. But Although you know, uh, now uh, porn stars have like OnlyFans, and I think like a lot of them have pivoted just to doing OnlyFans because mm. there's no boss. You set your own hours, and there's no like uh, exploitation really. Boy, I would bet in the pandemic too that probably really sped up the yep. use of OnlyFans. And I mean, yeah, if you're if you're just uploading it to a website to the same as your boss is, like it at the very least for pro wrestling. You need to have a rich person who can rent an arena and broadcast it on TV. Uh, you don't need... There's not as much overhead for pornography. Not even no. close to it. <laughs> you don't even need the, uh, to rent the mansion they film all porn in. You That's can just right. do it in yeah. your apartment. Yeah, yeah. Or at the very least, someone's Airbnb. Yeah. Like, have, have you gotten a thing where an Airbnb has made sure to say, like, and this is not for porn, you cannot use this for pornography? Oh, uh, I don't think so. But uh, maybe that's included in, like, parties. I swear I've seen those warnings of, like, and obviously, well, they, they don't say pornography. They say you can't film No filming, here. yeah. Yes. I, th I think maybe that was, like, one of the many bullet points on something <laughs> I rented. Which, hey, when we did that, we only recorded a podcast. Yep. We weren't filming anything. We didn't so. break the rules. Yeah, so <laughs> shove it, buddy. Another uh, early thing in this show uh, that, that really shows uh just you know where this takes place in or what time it period it takes place in is that all hank needed to know is the release date of cuffs and collars you could find that online now if you wanted to yes. like the the store would say release day blank whatever wherever you're buying it but he had to like literally sit down do research on fernanda valley and uh like compared uh, like her birthday to like the state of the tattoo or whatever and to know that when bill gave him that pile of tapes that bill had already figured all of this out like the puzzle all interlocked like the second he heard the name cuffs and collars Bill doesn't react to it, but in his mind, he's thinking, wait, mm -hmm. I know Cuffs and Collars probably because he bought it when he was new and he's a fan of the star. He's like, I know Cuffs and Collars came out after the date Hank would have is said to have rented mm -hmm. it. So, yeah. And <laughs> like, no, Bill gave him the right evidence because you have to think like these women were probably in 70 movies that year or yes, something yeah. like that. Hey, you know, your working days, you can only film so many things. You got to the work ethic on a porn star is equal to that of a podcaster mm -hmm, that's say. true <laughs> you got to pump out everything you can really quick get it all out of your system stockpile it and, and at the end you feel dirty and tired as well you know? <laughs> so after, no, okay. i i love uh no, that's a joke i love porn yes no. the uh pay for porn everybody that, that's that's yeah, the real also do that, lesson today please. uh but hank doesn't have to pay for his porn because he didn't read it <laughs> the judge rules in favor and he's and the judge says let the record show that mr hank hill really knows his pornography and hill, hank just goes thank 
thank you, Your Honor. Uh, like he's overlooking the fact of the literal thing that she just said and thinking that she's congratulating him for doing a good job. That is like, so fucking funny to me. It is so good because this entire time, Hank is trying to make it so the computers don't think he does tech uh, pornography. And at the end, a l- judge puts it on the permanent record that Hank Hill officially knows his pornography. Yeah. It's it's more it's more concrete than even a computer to have it be in legal record that you know your pornography. But now Hank is thanking her. He's like, thank you. You're right. <laughs> it, it would also be a funny joke if Hank just said no. Yes, but yeah. in this case, it's even funnier because Hank doesn't realize what she's saying. And he, she thinks like, oh, you did your research, Mr. Hill. Yeah. Good job. Well, you really do know porn. Yeah. You you recognized. Uh, and, you know, on an SDTV, him being able to read that tattoo, I guess the camera's pretty zoomed in, perhaps. But I think so. when she shooed that horse, they zoomed in on her butt. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, you know, that was my favorite line. Are you a mounted officer? Not yet, but I'm trying. Uh, Mike good. Judge and Kathy and Jimmy playing porn stars is always uh, funny. That's good. They're very flat acting is very <laughs> funny. Yes. So uh, Peggy tells Hank it's time to put this nightmare behind us. And Hank says it's not over yet. And that's right after uh, Bill grabs the tapes. That's so good. Uh, I think it's obvious uh, after the fact, but I love the reveal of like, oh, they were Bill's porn the entire time. Of course. Of course they're Bill. <laughs> he would be the porn freak in the alley. I mean, I assume Bo- Boomhauer has almost as much porn uh, you know i bet he has a healthy collection but also like he does have a swing in singles life so you know he doesn't oh, have as much time for the porn he's making porn remember the camera oh that's, that's right that's where the news clip comes from that's right yeah so oh my so we cut to the uh, megalomart the clerk is once again signing them up for a line of credit this time they're approved because the computer gave them the smiley face <laughs> that's so funny like yep see the computer told me this like i i can't <laughs> it's good it's Yay. either a smiley face or a frowny face and then hank happily wheels the dryer out of the store and then we get our final clip of this episode I can't believe they forgot my birthday. Oh, don't worry. They still got a whole month to remember. (laughs) You got me, Luann. You knew the whole time, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't believe it. A dryer. It's perfect. Yep. is the best birthday ever great ending because <laughs> all hank hears is bobby saying a dryer it's perfect he's like yes it is son it is perfect he doesn't realize yes. bobby thinks that he's getting a present uh I and would, bobby hugs the dryer you know it's also sweet because like bobby i hope actually gets in a month a real birthday present and it's like oh okay i get like but maybe hank and peggy are like well if he thinks that's his birthday present let's save ourselves some money not buy a real birthday present we'll have an extra 80 bucks in the bank account next month uh that's so i mean just the way he hugs it is so funny and also yeah what a great victory for hank he gets to now have I have debt with Megalomart, and they have more information on him by being the, a credit card user at that place. I just realized that by doing this podcast, we were put in the same position as Hank and that uh, we had to talk about how much we know about pornography. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But yeah. remember, an older boy told us all of this. Yeah. We don't know these things. Exactly. I, yeah. People on Reddit had to explain that porn star to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'd ask a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I... I, you know, my last thought I, I wanted to share was I do think that the cashier who ran the place, who since he was the defendant in the courtroom, I think he must be the owner of Arlen mm. Video too. I think he or another employee 
thought Hank was a lame guy or Hank probably like pissed off the employee through something. And to get back at them, they fake rented uh, a porno tape mm. on his account to mess with Hank later. Like I, I could see a disgruntled employee doing that. It could be foul play. You never know. I think so. I don't, I, I now with all my life experience, I do not think this was a computer error that started all of this. I think it was spite, a spite <laughs> of some employee of Arlen Video. Uh, Hank pissed him off, and they got back at him by fake renting a porno on his well, account. Well, I believe the beast is real. Yeah, <laughs> and some missed keystroke destroyed his life, <laughs> uh, and it was, he finally got back his dignity at the end by by watching hours of <laughs> pornography and by having a courtroom full of people see how much he knew about <laughs> pornography. I also love he takes a Polaroid to the screen too because that's right. what you had to do then you know that's, that, so I, I, that's so great and you know what we're doing that today because uh, no streaming service lets you screen cap anything anymore so it's yeah. like if I want to take a picture of this funny screen cap <laughs> I gotta put my phone up to the TV like an idiot <laughs> uh, you know when occasionally I've wanted to be like well I want a video of this like uh, Pinocchio scene for instance I just went to YouTube because I couldn't like it wouldn't record my screen on Disney Plus. So oh like, yeah, YouTube will let you still YouTube and I hope YouTube never takes away screen recording. Like just let us take a fucking yeah. screen. We're gonna video. post clips and screenshots no matter what. Yeah, it's uh, for who cares, man? You know, porn stars they put everything on their Twitter pages. That's like, true. You're not worried about it. Uh, 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 people have told us this. We don't know this uh, actually. I feel bad. You know, I I do feel bad for the their Patreon. I looked into this too because there was a lot of talk of patreon how they treat uh the adult accounts on patreon and how tough it is for them i i was reading an article about that and how the uh one of them was mentioning like it's hard enough because i make these things exclusive just like we do and for uh say if you just have pictures of your naked body that are exclusive to people you it is instantly like if you're popular enough to be a popular patreon person for that E, there's obviously going to be people like oh, okay cool there's my pictures and on reddit there you go or just on some other site and there just take away all the value of the the product the person made on their adult adult patreon there's some also a lot of uh legal stuff happening now because of uh sesta fosta oh, and it's right. like that was uh a uh, a law to try to fight uh online sex trafficking but it also it also destroys the lives of like legitimate sex workers and people mm. trying to make their own pornography and stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's too complicated to go into on this podcast, <laughs> but if you want to learn more about it, you can look it up online. It's yeah. it's not a good thing. You know, President Trump signed into law. It can't mm. be good, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, as a person on Patreon, I... I feel camaraderie with the adult-only accounts that are just trying to do the same as we are. Mm, but we're with, trying to sell our smut all over the place yeah. to your children. <laughs> we do it with podcasts about King of the Hill. They do it with, you know, drawings of furries sure. fucking each other. Everybody whatever. needs uh, their content. Yeah. But please don't get off to this. No. Hey, don't tell me about it if you do. Well, if you do, up your pledge. How about that? <laughs> hey, okay. And also don't good. tell me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll see you guys again next time for the final Shinsol. Take care.
Peggy, you don't think I actually rented... Oh, Hank, I don't care if you did or you didn't. Well, you should care because I didn't. Oh, really, Hank? It doesn't matter. It does matter. It's important you believe me when I say I didn't rent the tape. Honey, okay, I believe you. Now, I just have one question. Did you rent the tape? No! All right, then. 